Welcome, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Trade Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture, and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and real estate agent at Renegade Realty Group here at Keller Williams. What is Renegade Trade Investors? Well, RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly. Currently, right now, we're meeting in Southfield on Shields on 10 Mile and Telegraph. This group is about networking and doing deals, all right? This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No guru bullshit from the front, no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those little dark, dingy fucking rooms, you know. <laughs> Run to the back and pay this. RDI is also this podcast where we sit down with interesting people and hopefully for your entertainment and education. If you're interested in going to any of the local meetups, go to renegadetroit.com. Or you can go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or Facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. All right, legal disclaimer. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I or my guests say today be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decisions, you contact a lawyer and or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't fucking sue me. Don't sue my guests. Don't sue anybody. Stop being a pussy. All right. Choco of the week. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investors Choco of the week where I pick a quote that sets the tone for your podcast and hopefully your week. And I hope I picked one my guests like today. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Helen Keller. All right. And if you ever want a very well-written bio, invite a teacher on your podcast. I just want to say that before you think I actually wrote this. All right. So my guests today, David and Tara Roberts. Dave and Tara unwittingly fell into real estate business when they bought a new primary home in 2009 after they realized all the houses were half off. This, of course, left them underwater on the house they were currently living in. So that became a rental and uh, fast forward, this worked out, but Dave and Tara didn't catch the real estate bug until late 2014 when they attended a local real estate meetup, and they've been hooked ever since. And it also didn't take them long to realize that they each had their own strengths within their business, and they instinctively knew that it made sense to work together and play on their strengths. This dynamic is constantly evolving, and it surprisingly helped strengthen their relationship in general. In 2017, after 13 years together, they decided to get married. And they also decided that Dave would officially adopt Alex. And Alex is currently a senior in Central Michigan University and a full academic scholarship majoring in physics. Ooh, man, that's rough. After four years of learning, growing, and doing deals, David quit his 19-year engineering career at the end of 2018. Tara has a degree in elementary education. She became a certified autism spectrum disorder and obtained a master's degree in special education. She has worked as a special education teacher for 12 years in public school. She is quitting next year to go full-time, though. Both Dave and Tara are now licensed realtors, and together they run Synergy Property Partners. It's an LLC they have. They currently own seven single-family rentals, have a 106-unit storage complex, and they flip homes generally three to five going at any point in time. While they don't consider themselves wholesalers, they do market as a means of obtaining properties for themselves. If you want to reach out to them, you can reach out to Dave at David at S-P-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S org. So that's SPPartners.org. And you can also text them, call them 734-671-5767. You can reach Tara 313-408-0151. Call her because it's 313. I got 313. 
That's the number you want, right? And it's Tara, T-A-R-A, at SPPartners.org. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And this is awesome. Something I don't talk a lot about on the podcast. First of all, it's just hard to get women on the podcast in general. And it's even harder to get couples on the podcast. So I am super excited about this because I get to like take two two birds, one stone. So woman and a great couple. And we have known and liked each other for several years. Uh, You're going to recognize Dave because he was on last week, right? (laughs) When we had all the engineers on where they worked themselves out of their jobs, right? And they had their plans. Well, this is him and his lovely wife, Tara, here. This is his better half and the second half of his business, right? So... They actually do this together. So let's go back to the beginning of the real estate when you're talking about stuff selling for half off. Something I've always been entertained about is how chance plays a part in life. Some people want to call it fate. I don't chance, right? So you get prepared, but then you don't really know what you're going to notice. Yep. And in your guys' case, because we did it on the podcast last week, this whole thing really got started because of stickers on doors as you were driving yeah. to work, right? Let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I was just driving down Riverview. There, in Riverview, there were there's a section of brick slab homes, and uh, I w- we have a family friend over there. I was driving over there, and I happened to just notice a bunch of bankruptcy stickers on the on the windows, and uh, I said, "Boy, I could." We could buy one of those right now, you know, and eh, that's too much work. It's not a lot of work, you know? Fleeting thought. But yeah. I you weren't wrong. It is a lot yeah, of work, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I had no idea the market was tanking. I mean, you knew, you knew the economy just from the news that it was going down, but uh, it wasn't really affecting me in engineering. Um, so I didn't really pay that close attention. Yeah. And we ended and, up finding our house. There was a house. Yeah. Because Alex and I moved in with Dave, and we were perfectly happy where we were at. But a house about three blocks away was up for sale, and it was a gorgeous neighborhood, gorgeous house. And we thought, oh, let's take a look. And it was sold, but it was sold at a very good price. So Dave said, well, let's look around. And we did and found a really nice house, newer than the one that we had, and decided to go for it and got that. And again, we had no clue what we were doing other than we were getting a house at a good price. I wasn't planning to move at all. I don't like to move around a lot, so... Well, it was a mile and a half away yeah. from where we if, were at. If the market had, yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't market, far. Yeah, but if the market hadn't fallen, yeah, we would have never we wouldn't have bought. But I figured, you know what? It, if it's going to be on sale, we should get a newer construction home, you know, and try to move up. Yeah. And I said, I was just sitting at the computer one day. I said, Tara, why don't you look on Zillow and just see what the prices are? Because I had no idea. You know, yeah. they are literally like half off. It was insane. So okay, well now the game changes a little bit. Maybe we should go buy a house. You know? So the analogy here is almost like you're just wandering around and you walk past the sale rack at the end. You're like, that's a good deal. I'm a bargain shopper. I don't know anything about any of this, but that's (laughs) probably a a good deal. Well, obviously that created a problem for you, right? Because you couldn't sell your other house. We knew enough math to know that we couldn't sell that. So the realtor that we were working with, who was a family friend, again, we knew nothing about real estate at the time. Um, somebody that I think his mom knew from church was helping us out. And she says, well, I can rent this out for you. And we said, okay, great. So we let her rent it out. And it was, I think, right before Christmas time. It was weird timing. And Yeah, it was like December 21st or 22nd. Yeah. yeah. And she brought us somebody in. We didn't know any better. Looking back, we might have done things differently, but it is what it is. We still have still those tenants. Have the same tenant. That she brought in. So we totally, there's a lot of luck involved here. You talk about chance. There was a lot of luck and we got some of it because we can't take credit for any of it. So we lucked out that the realtor that we were working with, knowing nothing about what we were doing, 
um, that she put somebody decent in and it's worked out. And that kind of just sat and was there because we couldn't sell it. So it wasn't even that we were interested in real estate at that point. We just wanted the nicer, better house, got it and rented that one out. So, well, something I kind of half joke, but I'm kind of half serious about when I say all the time is I'd rather be lucky than good. Yes. I don't really mean that. I want to be as good as I possibly can, but to your point, you got to appreciate it when it comes at Chance, you. luck, whatever you want to call it, opportunity, whatever the thing that kind of pushes you what. Mm-hmm. You can't really count on them. I mean, you don't really know when it's going to happen. There's some element of chance and luck in this. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, you know to take advantage of something, and sometimes it works out well, sometimes yeah, it doesn't. Is, what is it, Ron? Ron always says, uh, you're not as smart as you appear, but you're not as dumb as you appear either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, we, we lucked out a little bit there, and then that house just sat rented, and Dave started. He, he's always talked about doing stuff, but he's also not one to pull the trigger on anything. So Yeah, it gets, I'll get up, you know, it's. A little I'll analysis paralysis, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah a sure. lot. I'll get up, you know, I'll start thinking about it, thinking about it, and then I'll go into the negatives. Because in engineering, that's what you do. You, you're not looking for how great everything is. You're looking for the problems, and you're trying to fix the problems. So just like anything, I would, oh, yeah, this is good for a lot of reasons, but then here's the negatives, and that, that would just generally keep me where I'm at, just in the comfort zone, you know. So that's how we missed out buying at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> Are you, Tara, are you like uh, – I'm just curious about your relationship, too. Oh, so fine. you're obviously the engineer and you're like looking at all the things that go wrong. I your person, Okay. That's what I was getting to yep. when you're talking about your strengths, right? Yep. I'm the opposite. It is easy to talk yourself out of something. Yeah. It is remarkably easy. And uh, the internet, for all the wonderful power it has, has made finding bad things even more easy, yes. right? Like so – it's understandable how we arrive at like, oh, all these things. What if they don't pay? Then I got a victim. And then if I rent to a family member, they're going to hate my guts and I'm not invited over for like, so that we have all this anxiety and fear in our head. So we got Dave over here and you're like, eh, yeah. how do you guys work through that? Like, do you have to talk to him? Be like, it's not going to be that bad. We'll get off. Oh, oh, I get talked off the ledge all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's with anything in our relationship. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. It's going to be okay. Guys. No, it's not. I'm an emotional basket case. We're done. Yeah. We're done. In, in fact, going way back, and I don't know, I, I'm just going to say it. So just funny story. We actually met by arguing over politics and religion. So if that gives you an idea, that's how we met. We hey, arguing. see, it is useful. Over. All right. Every yeah. once in a while, you can so get married. Two things you're never supposed to bring up amongst And that's how we met was online, not on a dating site. Neither of us were on a dating site. Not that that's a bad thing, but you're talking 15 years ago. That was just starting up, but we were actually on a radio station message board over some topic, and we were arguing pretty bad over that stuff. And that's then, hilarious. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, not looking. For Why were you on a radio station? Because I was up in the middle. I was up in the middle of the night, supposed what, what to be doing homework. Would that have been a while ago? Yeah, because I was in college, and the last yeah. thing I wanted to do was college work. Ah, uh, exactly. You got me a call. Yeah. And it what makes sense now. I could get on this forum and check out chicks. You know what? You're all wrong, lady. <laughs> That's gonna we, get her. Yeah, it was, I wish I wish save was a thing I'm back an then. So I'm always right. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. About three weeks to meet up, but we have since changed each other's minds on that well, particular argument. So it's I have to know though. How does it go from a political and religious argument to a date? Dude, I, no I don't know. 
<laughs> I, like, I kind of like how you. I kind of like how you talk down to me. So. I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. Obviously forgiving though. I right? think just because he was actually, even though I didn't agree with him, he had half a brain. Yeah, he's a smart I think guy. That's what did it. He's a smart cookie. Uh, yeah, and I'd already done the not so smart yeah, dating. Was, yeah, stupid thing. is hard. She yeah. Was so I was this probably the safe play. Oh, the guy's got a house. <laughs> <laughs> How bad could he be? He pays yeah, his mortgage, right? Yeah. I, I liked him. so, But I think it was just that the argument was strong, even though I didn't agree with it. He had, mm. he was smart and was well-spoken. So, oh, yeah. so you weren't mean? You weren't just like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever... You I know. probably did say that. He uh, probably did. That's hilarious. Yeah. Drama draws her in. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Somebody with daddy issues. This is how I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> You're all wrong, but don't worry. I'll show you how to do it, right? Well, that's yeah. funny that, that that's how that, it happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, life is odd that way. Well, fast forward. Why? Okay. So once you did it once and it went fine, you still have that renter. What was that delay? Was that like a three-year delay or a four-year delay? How long? Four. Five? It started to 2014, I think. What, it was like yeah. August or something. Uh, I, I was jogging on the treadmill and all of a sudden I just said, yeah, it's working out. Why don't we try to look into that, you know? Because I had been through a couple of other things, you know, with the engineering, with the You economy. almost left your job to go into yeah, nursing. I went into nursing classes. I was doing, like, preliminary nursing courses and things because I, I kind of wanted to change careers for a long time. Just didn't feel like that's what I was destined to be doing. Um, but, again, I was looking at the – they had a four-year accelerated program for people that had already had professional degrees or engineering yeah. degrees. and So – I did all the preliminary work, all the courses for two years or something. And you were going to quit and your job at that point. When it came time to actually pull the trigger, yeah, you either had to you had to quit to do this full-time nursing thing. And I just was like, you know, it's too big a risk. I just didn't – it didn't feel like it was the right thing to do either, you know. I don't know if that was fear or just, just didn't feel right. It was probably a combination of both. But I didn't end up doing it. And it actually worked out because, I mean, I got a lot more pay increases in engineering. But I hated what I was doing. So – Trade off, I guess. But it's, yeah, it's funny that we have that in common because I didn't go to college, but I went to engineering and the Navy, and I didn't know what yeah. engineering was. It was just a bonus. But actually, the entire point of engineering for my personality is to make everything the same, yeah. which is essentially Groundhog Day, which is my worst fucking nightmare. Yeah. Right? So for me, yep. I didn't mind doing the math and doing all the work and all that, but the whole point is everything to be the same all the time. Office so. Space, that was rough. That part of it was, rough. oh, I got time to do logs again. It's a small valve maintenance. Like, huh, what day is it today? It doesn't even matter what day it is. So it's interesting we had that that same same sort of thing. Would have got paid more in the civilian world, but it's not like I ever would have got through college anyway. So that wasn't going to happen. So like nursing was very opposite of that, right? It's chaos. It's every day. It's something different. You well, people instead of things too, yes, right? Yep. And, but you know, I was still looking for fulfillment too. So, you know, we like to help people and, you know, it gives us a lot of fulfillment, especially in real estate. If we can, even if we don't make money on a deal, I mean, there's been a couple where we just helped somebody off market that we couldn't really make any money on or anything, but we still helped them. That is really fulfilling. You know, so I don't know if I was drawn to it for that too, but at the, you know, just to walk away from a job at the time, you know, you were teaching. I don't, we weren't in that great of a financial spot, I don't think. Or at it least wasn't it, bad, it but was it wasn't just, great. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but she would have, 
It was you would have been the sole earner, and you weren't making as much at the time. So it had just been a lot more risky to do mm. it. I don't know how that would have turned out. You never know. But I probably still would end up doing what we're doing now. You know? Well, did you guys have any conversations together about it over this four or five years before you decided to get like get no. back into it? As far into as the real estate? estate? No. Yeah. He would mention no. stuff once in a while, yeah. and it would just be like, I'd just keep walking through the living room like, okay, Dave, whatever. Okay. Like I oh now he's on to this yeah this will just be a phase it didn't <laughs> right. see, yeah it, I mean it, he's always yeah. looking into stuff that's just kind of what we do we're always you know keeping our minds busy looking into stuff and doing stuff but it wasn't anything that I thought would turn into anything no not at all I do think curiosity I know it can be distracting too right because I'm a very curious yeah. person as well but having met plenty of people who aren't curious I don't know what to do with that. So I know it's I know exactly what you're talking about because it's it's not exactly shiny object syndrome, but it's similar. It's like yeah. it's related in in that way, right? You're looking for opportunities, not necessarily like oh the new hottest thing, but what do I not know? I understand that curiosity. But so. he's always gone through little phases, I guess is the best way. <clears throat> I know that sounds silly, but it's kind of just this is an interest for now, and it's yeah. fine, and it's I mean real estate's not been like that. I mean, since I caught that bug, I mean you can't get enough of it. Yeah, and then he just slammed into a wall, and that was the end of it. So. Well, I always try to encourage people to do beta testing. Not that I ever did and not that I ever would. You know, that's just not how I am. But do you think you guys would have maybe, if you'd like beta tested a little bit when you had the idea, you maybe would have moved forward a little bit faster or no? Looking back, yeah. We kick ourselves for it. I kick him for it. It is all your fault, So I'll blame him. It is all your fault. It was his idea and he didn't do it. Therefore, it's his fault. I think if I would have done if I would have done one Google search for meetups, like had that idea, you know, in 2009 and 10, there were meetups around right there. Or oh, I yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, if I would have just gotten into the right circle, I think we'd be, you know, with compound everything, we would have been way ahead of now. But I just didn't. I kind of was like, mm. well, you're, he's not a social person for the most part. That's not yeah. his thing either. So to do that would have been a whole other out of the realm. Yeah, but at that point, Practice, that would have right? been yeah, its own then, challenge for him to you put can himself stay out there. That introverted in this industry that long, it just seems like it'll. You may not ever be real outgoing, but you're gonna. But I think develop. that was another fear-based reason to not get into it at that point. Well, I like that you brought that up too, because that's actually one of the reasons why Gina and I moved to Detroit. We were in Pullman, Washington, a small little town, with nobody doing what we wanted to do. And nobody to talk to about it. And our entire social circle was pretty much done hearing about it too, right? Like, yeah. this is all Jeremy talks about. This yep. is all Jeremy cares about. This yep. is all this. Like, what are you talking about? I don't even give a shit what you're doing. This is what I'm doing, yeah. right? The social aspect, I have learned so much from so many people. And don't, don't get me wrong. It's good and bad. You meet yes. plenty of ass clowns too, yes. right? But it is worth overcoming your fear if you're very introverted or if you're busy making time available to go to these groups, even the bad ones. I'm not going to say which ones I think are bad or not, but even the bad ones, I think, because even the ones I went to bad, I met people I still work with to this yes. day. And we've talked about that. You always learn something. Yep. You take something always from gonna it. Always going to pick up a contact, learn something, yes. see something, find a deal, something. Something's going to happen by by taking yeah. by taking that action. It is cool, though, that we have more online stuff. Yes. But that's one thing I've done different here at Keller Williams that most people do. I do a lot of shit still old school, and I'm still a heavy networker, and I still want to meet people in person, shake their hands, put myself in front of them. And I think as humans, we still like that. So that part, if you're looking for partners and stuff like that. But let's go to this treadmill. 
because I want to go to this treadmill. Like, so four or five years elapse. Yeah. This you just going to work, doing school stuff, grinding, raising a kid, you know, all your normal shit. But then somehow, you know, an epiphany. It right. was an epiphany. A moment of clarity. Yeah, I, I remember like, it. I just had an epiphany. We should do real estate. And again, okay, Dave. I don't know what it was, <laughs> man, because, you know, I, I was uh, quite a quite a large guy. You know, I lost a lot of weight over that time. And I yeah. right around that time, I mean, I was like 200. I had abs coming in. And I, I mean, I was like 342 at my biggest, you know. So I felt like I had kind of conquered that almost. And then I was like, okay, you know, maybe I was just, maybe in my mind or my subconscious, I was just like looking for something else. Because I'm like, God, it can't be this where, you know, 20 some more years of this, if I get to retire, you know, 20 some more years of going to work every day, coming home and this is, you know, this is all, you know, so I don't know, maybe that had something to do with it. Dude, you got a little carrot and stick in there, right? So you just like had accomplished a goal Mm -hmm. and then the stick was, am I really going to do this job for another 20 or 30 years? Why do you think it happened right then though? I'm just curious. You got any idea? No idea. Okay. Nuts. Just All right. popped into my head. Maybe, I, maybe it was a day after we got a rent check or something. I said, oh, you know what? It's working. I like these rent checks. Now that I've had five <laughs> years of them, I should do it more. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, to me, it, it just, came out of the blue, just, so I don't know. Yeah, to her, it came out of the blue. She was like, okay, whatever. Then I'm going to go to this meetup. Okay, Dave, see you later. And then he actually walked out the door, and I'm like, oh. Okay. Oh, wow. He's really going. He actually went somewhere. So he's either cheating on me or he's really going to a meetup. I don't know. He's cheating on you with real estate, baby. Hey, I'll take it. Cash tip checks. Man, look <laughs> at this deal. She's so pretty. That's a pretty deal yeah, right so there. started going around and I still wasn't really paying attention. I was going to a meetup and that's how I learned how, you know, it changed my perception of the way cash works, you know, money works. And I grew up with a very conservative mom that was like, don't touch a credit card. Don't take out debt. Don't spend your money, you know. So, I mean, I still, I live that way still. I don't really buy stuff, you know. I just, I'm pretty happy with having less. That's why I have to dress him and buy but, his socks. But, you know. <laughs> she does the same thing. <laughs> Jeremy, you can't wear that shirt. You need no. That will wear his Yeah, perfectly um, happy. Which is fine, right? I'll wear these shoes until the damn soles are going to fall. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're talking about the treadmill and you're going to meetups now. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, figured out how well, I was taught how, you know, you kind of look at a house like, you know, bring the money in, fix the house up, you know, refi it out the back door basically so you keep getting your money back. That's not my model. I mean, that was somebody taught me that and, you know, it's amazing. You get to keep all your money. I think that really appealed to me because I got burned in the stock market. Yeah, that happened at the same time, too. That was right around the same time. I I bought in a couple oil stocks that got went to zero, literally. You know, you know, the whole hold on, don't worry, it'll come back. It didn't. Some companies fail. Yeah. 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 We learned that. Yeah. So after that, I just kind of threw the money into an index fund. Just fuck that. And then uh, I had bought into a tech company that was selling. It had to do with like voice over the Internet uh, thing. And that went that got bought out, but at a much lower price than I paid for. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you just get, I think it's just the perfect storm of all those things happening kind of at once. And then, but I like the idea of the money coming back to you and having the control. So now I view debt as if that somebody else is paying for the debt, let's have it, you know, let's take all the debt we can. Yeah. What do they call that? Uh, forced, uh, forced equity, right? Yeah. 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 So your tenant pays, yeah, pays you down. Yeah. I think once nobody teaches how money really works because people yeah. think money is that is still money when it hasn't been money for for a long time and what i'm talking about is it used to be a secured thing meaning there was 
whale oil, gold, silver, some tangible, fungible asset that your paper money was backed by, right? So if you're a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, right, which is what he was talking about, work hard all the time, never take any time off, save all your money, be extremely frugal. This is how you get ahead. Go to college, get a job, right? I threw that in there for Tommy Desmond, by the way. You're welcome. (laughs) I know there are other cultures out like that, but it's like the Northeast wasp. Right. Well, and you know what that got me, right? It got me the house with yes. the mortgage. It got me student loan debt. Uh, and I didn't have credit cards because I was drilled into my head. So I had some savings, which allowed me again to get into this. But uh, yeah, it was, I, I just didn't see how am I going to retire if my 401k isn't worth $2 million when they told me it would be when I took it out. It's a little bit of a mind fuck to realize that money is made up and, and, you don't and they just up. make more of it when they need it. Yeah. So if you're, if you're saving and not investing and taking risks, you're actually losing money in this system because when it's not backed, there are things called inflation and then governments manipulate it like, I don't know, the Fed and their interest rate. So once you understand how the money works, the game becomes a lot easier. And I do like to call it a game because I'm only being half joking about it. It's a very serious game with a lot of financial and potential legal consequences, depending on how you do it. But if the money is kind of fake, it is a little bit of a game, which means you need to understand the rules of the game. Well, the banks are doing that too. Yes. Which is interesting. I had a conversation with somebody one time. Like, if you put a hundred grand in the bank, the, the banks can loan something like what ten times or something. a million. Yeah. So, you, and then you go to them for a mortgage. They're lending you your own money back. So why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you keep moving the money around? Because that's what the bank is going to do anyway. They're going to sell the mortgage off, get their money back, move it again. You know, So you don't have to be smarter than them. Just do what they're doing. Yes. But I think part of it, too, is just the way Dave's mind operates. Changing his mind to incorporate those new ideas was huge. Yeah. He doesn't change his mind on things easily, let alone ever. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Well, it just – that's not your per- – you, you – you were in yeah. a safe spot. This is how you understood yeah. money. This is how you understood how life works. And to, you know, some safe. people have an easier time yeah. adjusting and, and taking in a new mindset, whereas he doesn't. So for that to flip around in his head, I think was huge. I'm very similar to, and it was interesting to watch your your husband. Yeah. I'm like a bulldog. Yeah. If you want to change my mind, you usually have to hit me in the head with a shovel and, multiple times. Yes. So yeah. the fact that he was kind of going for it and going at it the way he did and learning what he was. And again, I was kind of at that point still sitting on the sidelines like, okay, Dave's into something else. But How long were you watching before you like decided to dip your toes in a little bit? Probably a year. No, not, maybe not. I don't know. The, the, what I remember we, we is... We bought a couple of rentals. We did, and I was still... I was listening. I was paying attention. But I think when I it was when I noticed that he was really spending big chunks of money. And I'll never forget the first big check oh he wrote for a roof. He cried. Literally cried. I Sorry, dear. Cry. I, you I, did. But I was like, oh, my God. It was rough. I don't write $5,000 checks. It's so cold. But, but the see, that, Real estate will make you fucking that's, cry. That's like, when I noticed, okay, he's really serious. And this is really... So that's when I then took I interest. Nervous. I was yeah. nervous to write a $5,000 check. That was... Which we look back and laugh, but but to see him do that, and and then I was like, okay, he's really serious, and we're spending money now, so maybe I should, maybe I should pay attention. Her strength in this was tenants. You know, when I would handle the rehab, and then I would say, okay, it's your job. You know, you're going to get the tenant, and so she got her system together with 
how to pre-screen people on the phone and you can, if you want to talk about it, but she, uh, she's much better with people than me. I'm a, I'll say yes to somebody over their sob story. And that's, like, and he did. That's a recipe for disaster. Yes. He did. Know thyself, right? So, yeah, yeah, and that's what it kind of you know we talk about so the dynamics. I don't have anything to do with tenant surgery. That's awesome. So but, your your wife is like your your soft spot backstop too, right? Like, okay, yes, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're single and have twenty kids and you have no income. Let me yeah, move you at it. It's like it's gonna nope. affect me. I, I literally one of the rentals that we had, I literally kicked him out of meeting. We were meeting with the tenants. We had in, kind of inherited them, and uh, sob story started. And I just said, "You go car now, like get out." And yeah. then I. The next time I met with him, he stayed at home and he wanted to go with me. And I'm like, no, you're not because this isn't going to happen. I will come home. And so I think a lot of the things that we do do when we put something on his plate versus mine, it's just because it naturally works better that way. And we have figured that out sometimes by doing it wrong the first time. So <laughs> that's kind of how that has evolved because there are some things he's really good at that I'm not and vice versa. And I, I think it's smart on our part to know what those things are and use them to our advantage. I don't think we challenge each other either on that. It's no. We know you're going to be better at it. You just do it. Yeah, it's clear, right? Yes. The lanes are clear. She is much better there's, at there's, certain things. There's no pride in You are with much it. better. Yeah. Why should I do? You know, it's funny you talk about pride and ego. I was the same way, right? Yeah. Like coming to the dealer group and, and letting go control of all the things I was bad at. It's even if you're bad at something, it is scary to let go of control over because you perceive that, well, if I'm that this bad at it. Right. They don't care. They're going to be even worse. And that's your ego saying, no, actually, really, almost everybody's better at it than you. Right. Right. So throwing throwing that out there, if you're one of those people like me, <laughs> a little slow learner, your early 20s, <laughs> mid 20s, late 20s, maybe okay. early 30s, allegedly, um, <clears throat> you might want to kick that one loose and realize, you know, actually, almost everybody's better at it than you. And, yeah. and you can get somebody else to do it. And it's actually the way to move forward. So you kind of stumbled into it accidentally and then got very comfortable with it. Yes. That's awesome. When did you guys start like actually working together on it? We're more like, okay, you're spending money. That's an expensive roof, Dave. What are you doing? I'm renting out houses, baby. Can you come help me out? When did it become a little bit more formal? And I'm curious about like more like how it happened, good and bad, right? Well, I think the first the first rental we bought in 2015 had tenants. Yes. And they were really good tenants. And they worked out, so we didn't have to really do any searching, but you got yourself up on all the laws, I think. Yeah, I I like doing research stuff, looking into stuff. As an English major, I like doing that sort of thing. So I think um, I was kind of interested in covering that end of it, and he wasn't, and he hadn't looked into that part of it yet. So I was like, okay, well, here's something I can do to help out. And again, it just kind of made sense to do it. So it wasn't like uh, we sat down and had a conversation about it. More so than let's just do this. You take care of this. Go see what you can find out. And and the next rental we got was like uh, July of that year or something. I don't remember dates or numbers. So well, that was the first one we actually had to rehab and do uh, get a tenant. And uh, but you made a pretty good system for. Yeah, I just took the reins on that and figured it out because he didn't want to deal with it, and I was okay dealing with it, and it was interesting to me and. I've never been, I know it's horrible to say as a teacher, but I can't stand math. I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. So even though I'm paying attention to him and and learning, you know, all the numbers that are involved with everything, that was a strength for me, knowing that the people side of it, that was a natural 
way for me to go with it. So I was looking into that, talking to people. I had a couple of, a good friend of mine was a property manager for a big apartment complex. So I went and, you know, kind of just got in where I could to figure out what the hell we were doing. So that's awesome. So you reach out to your network to kind of get help from people who knew more than you to like get you, where should I start looking? Where should I start? I don't know what I'm doing. Where, you know, where do I start? Help me. And of course, this was a good dear friend of mine. So she helped me out, pulled me right in, spent the day with her, got some information from her, reached out. I had another friend from work, another teacher friend. They were renting out her old place same that we did and you know what are you guys doing and it just kind of pulled everything together and um, then that ended up into we actually found out that Dave had had an attorney write up a lease for us that we were using and I wanted to change it I don't remember why I think somebody wanted a pet and we didn't have anything for that while researching that I found out that our exact lease was online for free so Dave had actually paid an attorney to do that. And again, we didn't know any better at the time. No. So then I was just pissed. I'm like, we're not doing this again. So I spent, I think, an entire summer. Wow. Um, this is my idea of hell. That, is... Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad people like you exist, Tara. Yeah, I really so I am figured glad. it out on my own and put together a lease. And I still tweak it, but it was like, you know, we're not getting screwed over again. I actually went after that attorney to no avail, but it made me feel better to kind of, you know, stick my nose in, in her stuff and let her know that we figured out what she did. And uh, so I tracked down the owner of the website that I got the free lease from to make sure that it came from there and not vice versa, that somebody else has stolen it from her. And so then I just decided I was going to learn everything I could because I wasn't going to, I don't trust people. So it was just another one of those moments where somebody screwed us over. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And that's what we did. So I like it. So I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to go back to uh, a point for people who are like me at one point in time and still me to a certain point less aware of their strengths and weaknesses, there are several personality tests out there. I think the ones you pay for are better. There's lots of them. I don't necessarily recommend one over the other, but I will give you an example of something I didn't know that I found out that has helped me in both ways. In a room of a hundred people, there's one person less polite than me, right? That's good to know. Some of these personality tests, too, will tell you areas you may be more interested in and may like more than others and be better at. So if you find like, well, what am I really good at or what are my interests? I think that's something that could be uh, beneficial. I'm not talking about the little free cheap ones you take online. Most of them are like 10 to $45, yeah. right? So go go take one if you're curious with your spouse, too. Go take one with your spouse and see where you Line up. It kind of tests all sorts of things, your communication style, what you prefer, whether you're introverted or extroverted, whether you're more interested in things or people, right? So it kind of gives you uh, a whole range of things to go over. You guys kind of just naturally yeah, and when we fell look into at it. Those things, they, they fall exactly where we think they will because we are very different. So yes. It wasn't a surprise to us seeing what those results were. Well, kind of this podcast, too, is a celebration of differences, right? One of the things I'm trying and attempting to get across is this myth that there's one way. Mm-mm. I'm going to get on today and I'm going to find the right way on the internet. I'm going to find the right person on the internet. I'm going to find a whatever. And this is the only way. And if I can't do it that way, what was me? It's all over, right? So I, I like differences and I'm constantly seeking out differences here so well and my thing is the minute you stop learning you should just give up in general you know it's it's important to always continue learning and i think that's something that we both enjoy and 
you know, coming back to him being an engineer, me being a teacher. I mean, obviously we always got along. We've been together for a while. So there was something good going there. But what's been nice is when all of this happened, it was around the time that Alex was kind of getting out of high school, going out on his own. And he's the type of kid that we knew from a very early age was just going to take off and be gone. He loves me to death. So he says, but we knew he's just, he's going to go do his own thing. He's a very independent kid, always has been. So it was kind of nice that all of this kind of fell into our laps at a time where, you know, I was dealing with him going as an only child. That was rough for me. Um, but we kind of found common ground and something that we both like to do. And that's been really fun too. And I think that was the, for me at least. I and that's awesome. That so was the biggest motivator that it was good timing. So you're, you're, I'm going to say purpose here. Like your child was your purpose. Yeah, and then no, he, yeah. when your purpose changes, which happens in life, right? Your job changes, yeah. your kids move it's out, like, oh, shit. What do your I do? mom gets sick and moves in. You have to move to another state for like change. This, this stuff happens. Yeah. And so you found a common purpose together and a new goal. Good. Got the kid out. Super yeah. good. It's going to college. What and next? Yeah. And it was really the first thing that we kind of, I mean, there's obviously we always have a lot of, you know, things in common and a lot of things we'd like to do together, but this was the first thing that really brought us together on a different level. Um, not just, you know, business wise or what we were doing with that, but just on a personal level, I think it was kind of enjoyable to be on the same page to that extent together. I think that's awesome. I also think I'm going to point out people who didn't notice if you're a school teacher, you're like, I can't do this. She spent a whole summer just figuring out this lease thing and making sure you no know, slimy lawyer is going to slide some free lease in on them and they're going to be exposed. So you well, kind of took your off time well, and put it back okay, into your so business. Here's a myth we can bust. Teachers don't have off time in the summer. That's, that's never happens. Prior to that, I always worked in the summers. I worked in a family business. We uh, worked downtown on the Detroit Princess Riverboat, which is one of my favorite places still. But we did um, all the souvenir photography, um, sold the T-shirts, did all that. So I was there sometimes for an entire weekend. We'd just sleep on the boat. We were there. It was a blast. We'd make good money. Um, and then that changed. So then I had, I think that was the first summer from that that I had free. And I didn't want to sit on my ass. So it, again, the opportunity was there. And it just made sense. And I, I'm not one to sit on my ass all summer. So... That's what happened. Well, I think people come up with excuses about why they can't do things or two or three months is not long enough or, you know, like there's opportunities all around us. There's never enough time to to do anything. Exactly. You got to make time for some (laughs) shit, right? It's cool. You guys started making time to do things together. So let's, let's talk more about that. So now this, if I'm correct, this relationship is kind of like Dave hunts and kills Mm -hmm. And you kind of clean up the mess and make sure everything's good yes. for the next thing he goes out and hunts and kills, right? Yes. Is that an accurate description? It is. I would say it's a pretty accurate description of my wife and I's yeah. relationship yep. too. I am great at massive action and doing lots of things and keep and generating tons. Growth though is a very messy thing and it's not efficient at all. And if you're like me and you have a hard time with some of that stuff, having somebody, and if you don't have somebody, you can hire somebody to clean up your mess. Now I have Kelly. Thank you, Kelly, who (laughs) she gets paid. Uh, She's getting a raise here too. She's probably very thankful for her too. Oh yeah. So (laughs) now I have somebody who's professionally paid. She will gladly take over. Yeah. Not only does she clean it all up, it's a thousand times better than if I was ever, ever to do it too. So if you're thinking all these things you suck at too, guess what? You're not alone. (laughs) There's plenty of things we're all terrible at. There's got to be something that you're good at. Let's talk 
so you're now you're buying rentals, right? You haven't, and you, you did your first fix and rent. Yes. Right. Was there a more formal plan coming or was it just like, we need more rentals. So we go look and buy rentals. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just kind of went in with, yeah, I'm going to buy a hundred rentals. You know, just, so the hundred was he had the, his plan. Yeah, <clears throat> just, this is what we we're gonna do. Just start buying them up and trying to keep moving and cash, you know, cashing out. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't really have a big picture. We were just doing the one. We were doing one at a time, basically. But then that doesn't become enough. So then we start trying to do two at a time. And each time, like you're talking about growth, it's just painful. You know, for me being conservative. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, just the, it should. Yeah, just the you know you know you kind of you know you're going in the right direction when you're scared, right? I guess. Yes. Uh, but you know, but you didn't. I remember the first time I took two on at a time, and I was just petrified. Like, oh, oh my god, he was losing his damn we're, mind. We're run out yeah. of money. We're gonna fail. You know. But then things work out, and they just always seem to work out. Until <clears throat> you get to doing three at a time, and it's the same thing. Every time I do one more than I've ever done, I just go kind of go into that nervous. Oh and I smack him upside the head, and there you go. We go. <laughs> Are we good with domestic violence jokes, or should we? Uh, <laughs> um, there's no proof. There's no proof. Don't throw empty pop bottles at him. Just don't hit him where you can see. Right? No, well, just kidding. Empty two-liter pop bottles. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's been the key to our success. Empty two-liter pop bottles. When you throw them, they make a fantastically loud noise when they connect with somebody. But, but nobody really hurt. gets hurt. They don't hurt. It's just when your son and his friends walk through the house during one of those fights, they. The kid keeps walking and his friends are going, What the fuck are you doing? So Do you know what we imagined and we imagined as teenagers was like pillow naked pillow fights. We didn't know it was gonna be empty two liter bottles, no. right? Like there's it, a bait and not, switch I'm in telling there you, somewhere. Just, if, if you really need to take out some aggression on your husband, that's the way to go. And it, it gets it out and nobody gets hurt and it's yes. Yeah, no pillow fights. I need I need some substance there. Well, you guys also started to put together a repeatable process, right? So you go out, you Not start networking. In all honesty, it wasn't really on purpose. That's just, again, it just kind of fell together. And I think our strength is knowing which one of us needs to take the reins at any given point. And it just kind of fell into a process that we were then able to repeat. Yeah. Well, then you start to get around people that are doing a lot more than you. And then you start kind of getting like, well, I could do that. Why can't I do it? It's the same process. They're just doing it faster. How are they doing it faster? So you start thinking, okay, well, if I don't have enough money, I can find someone to lend me some money. And, of course, every the first time I took any kind of private money, I was scared out of my mind. Oh, my God, you know, I don't want to lose their money. You know, But you just – you roll with it. This isn't like a stock where if you make the mistake, it's today you're losing everything. You know, it's real estate. It's slow and takes time. And But – yeah, even the crash took like a year and a half, yeah. that, which in real estate is fast, by the way. Like a year and a half crash is like a three-second crash in real life, right? right? Okay. So, But still, it happened over like a year and a half. Well, it's two years in some places, but a year and a half to two years. You're right. It is slower. Whereas the stock market tomorrow, they can say, you know what? We're fucking tariffing everything. We're going to tariff the goddamn air, yeah. right? You, you owe us 20% on, on, on this American air. Right. And you can send the stock market down 90% in, in a single day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't do that very well with real estate. I guess there, unless there's a war, right? And so are you challenging somebody to The Russians show up and start <laughs> shelling your city to nothing. Never then you're say fucked. Never. 
Short, short of a World War Three. <laughs> anyway. I was anyway. going to say, well, at least you always have the asset. But yeah, I mean, I guess if they blow your asset. Yeah, they blow. It's, it's going to take a tank, some artillery, <laughs> maybe a nuke. But but short of that, it, you're right. It does take yeah. it does take longer. Well, also, like a, you, you can't borrow money to invest in stocks either. Right. Right. What insurance can you buy on a stock? You know, like so. That's why I call real estate the people's sport. Yes. You know, especially the way this country set it up. With ownership and leverage, it's it's built in. They want you to buy and improve real estate. The whole now they do it because they want to tax the shit out of you, right? But still, understand this is how they want you to do it, which is why they provide all these things for you to do it. That's how the game is played. When did you get like okay? Instead of rentals, I'm going to start flipping because that's a whole different yeah, ball of wax. And, and I think that was the biggest thing. Is he, you know. And again, I just kind of fully admit, I just kind of went with the flow. What he was doing made sense. I know he's good with numbers. I know he's good with money. I have never doubted that, which I think is huge too. Because um, had I doubted that, I think I, it wouldn't have gone the same way. But I, I never question anything when it comes with finances or money because he knows what he's doing. Um, and I think it took us realizing and learning mostly from others that we've connected with that like, you know, wrapping back around to what you said, there isn't one way to do something. So it was that that time where we had to really wrap our heads around, okay, this, you know, we could do that. Yes, we're doing this the right way, but maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's more, maybe there's, you know, but there's no one right way. And I think it took us figuring that out to a real level to be able to move on. But again, that was kind of days. Let's try this. And I mean, to this day, we don't know what we're doing from one rehab to the next. He'll say, okay, this is going to be a flip. This is going to be a flip. The day it's done, literally, he will change his mind. Yeah, I don't know. I like them both. You know, Josh Sterling's done that several times. Like, yeah. I was going to sell it, and I was like, what the hell am I selling it for? I'm just going to keep this thing. I'll refi it out yeah. and keep it, yeah. right? I yeah. get that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I always do have a little piece of remorse when I when I sell houses. Um, I guess I kind of like – I actually like getting the big payouts too, so it's kind of like a mixed bag, right? Like, now we have enough of our own cash so we can do – several at a time without having to bother anybody ask for help you know for for money and stuff like that and uh so i kind of do like to be self uh what's the word self-reliant i guess or self self-sufficient self-sufficient um but i i do like getting the best of both worlds kind of you kind of build the rental portfolio over time get that base under you and then the flipping brings in larger amounts of money i mean if you keep leveraging all your profits quickly too i mean that your bank account goes up fast you know so I don't know. I guess I kind of like them both. But, you know, I feel like you're – I don't want to say it's market timing because it's not, but there are definitely better times in the yeah. cycle to yeah. do different things. So I'm trying to just listen to the market too a little bit. But you never really know, right? I mean, we could – you know, these houses in Wyandotte that are worth 150 now in 10 years could be worth 300 or something. They could just catch a, a bid or something. But just keeping it just an open feels mind, like yeah. with the way that people are acting in this market, it, it might be at the peak or – so I guess a part of me, my engineering wants to buy at the minimum, buy at the low, you know. So I don't know. Cost averaging though over yeah. time, yeah. Right. right. We're always, you know, and as long you know, like we're always cashing out our money anyway. So even if we're wrong and it does go underwater, we're still we're still okay getting cash flow and we still got our money back out. I mean, I would rather, God forbid, have to cut a house loose. I'd rather do that than lose a hundred grand. It's easier to recover credit than it is a hundred grand. You know, so that's how it. Well, the thing I liked about flipping was the large chunks of cash. The oh, thing yeah. I hate about flipping is you got to keep doing it. Yep. It's fucking tax disadvantage. They like, yeah. especially if you don't have 
things you can depreciate or write off on your taxes. Like if you get a bunch of kids, a bunch of debt, a bunch of rentals, it's not quite so bad, right? Which is why we like to keep them both. Yes. But if you're just doing a regular flip in comparison – to oh, yeah, to just going out and getting a rental, it's so tax disadvantaged. That's why I hate to see people live on their flip money, right? right? It's, oh my God, you got to do all this work and then you got to go do it again. Where once you have a rental, it's significantly less work every time yes. after that. Well, but you nailed it right on the head. Reinvesting it, I think, is why. It makes sense. Not that you can't have fun or go spend money or do those things. I just to make flipping a job. I don't think there's anything wrong with making flipping a job, but there are definitely disadvantages to it and you have to keep doing it. It's tax disadvantaged, right? You're exposed. What's more risky than a flip? Yeah. It's what you're exposed to longest in the market and the values are the things that can change. But if you have a plan, which in your case, you guys wanted larger chunks of money to do more shit with, yeah. to reinvest. I think it makes well, you a know, lot of I sense. Think your, your mindset will change too if you have rentals and you live, or e- even if you don't live on the cash flow, but you start to figure out that you don't ever want to spend the principal. Yeah. You yeah. only want to spend interest if you're going to spend, right? So even with flipping, I look at it as it's more principal to reinvest. I'm like trying to invest 100% of everything we make. Back in, you know, so. Well, yeah, once you understand how compounding works and if you're younger than us, which a lot of you, you guys are, right? But when you're 20, 25, you're going to fucking live forever. 10 years is forever. Why would I do something to benefit in 10 years when in reality, as a matter of experience, I blinked my eyes and I'm fucking 39. Yep. Right. I, I started this 13 years ago and it seems like as a matter of experience yesterday. So if you're that young person yeah. or just impatient like I am, I'm so impatient. <laughs> Try and remember that life is long and it goes way faster than you think. Yeah. To that point, if you listen to everybody on this podcast and you listen to who's kicking ass the most, it's the one who sold the least. Yeah. It's become inescapable, right? Even people who bought at the absolute worst time, 2003 to 2006 – I know I've exited the market, did very well, made more money, did significantly less deals and won more than everywhere else. Cause that's how the system's set up. No short term capital gain. Like, yeah, they want to take all your earned money and they want to give you breaks and all your invested money. Yeah, they want people to keep maintaining buildings and things. So, if you think you and your family are more important, you want to take as much of that earned money. And put it over in the invest side so you get them sons of bitches out of your damn pocket every time. That's one of the things, too. Uh, when I, I did read that um, Anthony Robbins uh, investment book. and I think it is uh, an absolute amazing book. Pretty much tells you everything you Which need to know. Money, master the game. Money. That's, it's yeah. the long one. Don't get me wrong. It's it's definitely the yeah. the long ass one, but if you actually take the the time to read it and go through and do what it says, that's the one that really nails it. You know the other one that complements that book really well that he wrote is uh, um, Unlimited Power. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Because for me, with the psych- psychological, because my my mentality holds me back a lot of times. You know where I don't want to run right out necessarily. I'm can, I'm reserved more. 
but that kind of teaches you. When I was reading that book, it was like he was right inside my yeah. head. I don't it know, was a crazy. huge challenge to him. He was yeah, majorly kinda, fucked up in the head for a couple weeks <laughs> with like, that one. Wow. But uh, just how we are our own limit. You yeah. Know? If we were in this country, if you want to do anything, you can go do it. That's the thing. I read the first one I read was Awaken the Giant. I think it's Awaken the Giant Within. It might just be Awaken the Giant. I've read it multiple times since, but that was my first Tony Robbins book that I read. And I read it when I was still a baker in Safeway. Mm-hmm. And it did. It had, I was like, wait, what am I doing? My, what is my potential? I don't think there's anything wrong with being a baker, right? But I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and I was squandering. All my potential and my expectations for myself were so low that it was just easy to do. So like the Awaken the Giant Within was more like set some very high expectations for yourself, right? Like how you are capable of so much more uh, than than you think you are. But that's hard to wrap your head around when you're perfectly comfortable where you are. Yeah, that's why. And that's where we were. We were both perfectly comfortable. We have good careers. We have good jobs. We were happy where we were. I don't but, even like AC because I think it makes me weak. Like oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty crazy when no. it comes to this stuff. I don't no, want to be comfortable at all. No. Yeah, no. I want to work out. In a I told you I was crazy. They always say yeah. that's a luxury. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's no, that's a must have. I don't even have AC in my house. I don't want it. I hate coming to the oh. office. They this. I like my feet are cold right now. It's a beautiful day in Michigan. I and bought my, my latest tenant an AC to put in their window upstairs in a bungalow because I was worried that they were going to get too warm. So that's yeah. no, I can't. <laughs> It's not a luxury. Point being, <laughs> I'm not interested too much in comfort. I yeah. don't, uh, but I mean, it's I don't just, trust it's, it. It's really hard to change your mindset in general when you're okay where, you at, where you're at. And I know we've been blessed in that respect. A lot of people you know, that we've come across and who we're now good friends with, they were forced into making some really hard decisions and, and making those changes. Whereas, you know, and I don't know, I think it, it did slow things down for us to make those changes because we were so comfortable and okay where we were. Yeah, it wasn't the money that drove me away from engineering i just yeah. wanted to be more fulfilled kind of feel like you know i mean I, w- I walked away from a six-figure career there you know and a lot of people walk away from shit jobs yeah it's a lot easier to walk away from a crappy job it certainly you know, is right it was easy to abandon the boat that's sinking. Yeah, right. Right. But exactly. when that boat is like, right. no, this thing's just to knock up motherfucker. There's no leaks. We got along fine. Yeah, why, There's no why problems. Do why do I got to get out of this boat? Yep. I don't know what's out there. I'm going to get eaten us. alive. Yeah. yeah, that's an excellent, us, so. excellent point. Well, one thing you guys did too, and I hate to be quite, but I think people miss some of these things, right? By going and networking, you started to change your social circle too. One of the things I like about networking and honestly why I like working with investors so much, people like, why do you like, they're very demanding, impatient, right? Expect a lot. Don't give a shit about your excuses or your mistakes, right? But it does change how you look at the world when you see what's possible around you. And for me, that also creates um, uh, a lot of pressure and stress to do something different. So if you're having a hard time starting too, you may want to start changing your social circle a little bit because now I hang out with absolute savages all the time and I see what they're doing. Tommy Desmond just bought a resort, you know, like that's some baller shit. You guys just got a 106 unit. You're like, man, that's fucking awesome. I want to get into storage units, you know, like that creates a lot of like, man, look at all these things that are possible Motivating, yeah. out here that I could go do. Your old network, you know, or your people that you work with, your coworkers are all going to make fun of you 
they're going to, you know, and it probably comes from a place of love. You know, they want to protect or whatever, but, you know, family, oh, what are you doing? You know, oh, oh I knew this guy had a landlord or he was a landlord and he just. My he parents. That's my parents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just your family is <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then if somebody, if you tell one of those people, oh, I've got five rentals. For example, well, right? and I, they're like, "How could you own five houses? You guys must be killing it." But you go tell Josh Sterling five houses, and he's like, <laughs> "Dude, I just bought five yesterday." You know what I mean? So See, it's like a different mentality. I think I and, struggle with that still more than yeah. Dave ever has because I do have some very, very close friends who I work with yeah. at school. And when you take, you know, doing what I do at school, and then this, it's two totally different worlds. But I love both, so it's been Can really. Can we talk hard. more about that? Because yes. I want to talk about that. Um, Absolutely. I remember when this happened to me, but I was too young and I didn't have an important job and I didn't know anything. But kind of what you're talking about, as when you expose yourself to new things, a gap arises. Yeah. Right. It does. It, and it can and will cause conflict. In your life. So let's talk about yeah. how how it's created conflict and kind of how you've managed uh, and, or not managed. No, well, like right? I said, I think this has affected me more so than Dave. Um, but I, and this is opening a whole can of worms. But in general, as outgoing as I am, I do tend to keep my circle small, just in general. Um, I That's just how my life has gone and that's where I've come to. But with that said... Those friends that I do surround myself with, who naturally have, uh, you know, a lot of them come from school, coworkers, um, they are, they're my people. They always will be. And I wouldn't give them up for the world. They, you know, they've supported me in my worst moments. They have supported, you know, and I know they will always. Um, but it is very hard when I now have this other part of my life that I love so much with investing and, and doing this with Dave. Um, I, although I do do talk to these few friends about that on a regular basis. I, I always have a fear that I'm driving a wedge yeah, and I hate it. Um, so that's really hard for me to wrap my head around. And, and with these few friends, I do talk about it because, you know, like in going into, you know, Dave announcing on record, thank you for getting that recorded that I get to quit my job <laughs> after this year. I ambushed you with um, it. You're welcome. But you know, yeah, even, <laughs> you know, it's, it's exciting, um, in one respect, but then it also is very hard because I don't want to leave these people. I don't, you know, I know what they do. I know what they go through and, and to walk away from that and be like, Oh, I'm out. That's how I feel like I come across, even though that's not my intention. That's a good point. So you feel there's a small party that sometimes feel like you're maybe leaving them behind or abandoning yes. them or, okay. Yeah. Because this, you know, what, what I do and, and I don't teach your, you know, quote, typical special ed, I'm in a center-based program. So we're a whole different ballgame. We're a whole different world there. And you have to work together in that field and we do. And it's, it's, I mean, I can't even explain the camaraderie there and, and how things go. But with that said, you know, they're not doing this real estate thing. So it's very, it's very odd. And, and actually with my best friend, hi, Amanda, um, she's going to kill me for saying her name, but you know, it's like, we're, we're the best of friends. We're very close. We have been for a very long time. Um, you know, we've got this real estate thing going. She just had baby number six. Um, we, we've talked about it. I'm, it's sometimes very jealous of her and what she's doing and the reverse. So yeah. the nice thing is, you know, I have surrounded myself with good people who I can have these conversations with, but it's hard and we know it. And, you know, even coming over here today, you know, we're talking, what are you doing today? And, and they're like, you know, you can't leave. I hate you. And, you know, but it's, but it, there's a, we joke, but it's real. 
and, and that I struggle with. And I think I always will, but more so with us doing more and being more successful with it. I think it really, I struggle with it a lot. Yeah, it creates a lot. It, it can create a lot of conflict, especially if you're not the type of person that can address that, that conflict. Right. And in some cases I noticed that it actually killed a lot of relationships, oh, it has. right? Some people became very insecure. You know, I call the crabs in a bucket kind of thing, but there's lots of versions of this, right? Some people, if you just don't have anything in common anymore and your life has changed so much yeah. that you're not even the same person that that, that happens too. I've also seen it happen with wives. And, and moms some, and dads. Yeah, sometimes that's okay. There are some people that yeah. I, I, I'm not one that has a problem cutting you out of my life. If you do something, I, there are relatives who I don't speak to and haven't for 20 years and I'm perfectly okay with that. But the people who I truly love and truly respect, I, I don't want this to cause a problem. And, and I know in, in most ways it hasn't, but I know it's there and, and it's realistic and you have to address it. And thankfully I, those people are still very supportive of me and I, I hope that continues, but that that's the scary part of looking at leaving my job because, you know, even Dave, when he left, he, it kind of hit oh him hard it was just like unexpectedly. Hard. You know, yeah, I didn't think it'd be that hard initially. Until it was getting time, getting down to the last month I was there and just, I just started spending time with people. I was, I was enjoying just being around them because I just knew, you know, people move on and, you know, even people that left the workplace that we were friends with or something, they talk to you a month later too and then you don't hear from them. But, you know, my routine, I was at a very simple routine at work and, you know, we play euchre on our break times over there and they don't really interact the outside same, of work. It was the same, you know, six guys, seven guys for 19 years. Yeah. I mean, we all worked together that yeah. long. So to and see how it was like walking away from brothers, yeah. you know? but then you kind of, you move on and you go and you know, the same guys would make, make fun of me every day about, yeah. Oh, he's answering another call, you know, and they, I swear to God, I'd be taking the serious call with the contractor and they'd be, Dropping some sexual combat <laughs> in the background, you know. Yes. And uh, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. You know? I'm on the phone with a city inspector, and they're <laughs> dropping, you know. <laughs> Tara's cheating on you, you know. Just, yeah. And, uh, but just to see him go through that without uh, him expecting to be in that position, knowing that I will be that. Yes. That, especially lately, has been weighing very heavy on me. You know, I've said for a while, yeah, I want to get out of teaching. Yeah, you know, this, you know, maybe it another year real, or two. And I, I am very fearful of that. I started very low, so I can count on one hand the number of friends I still have, mm -hmm. real friends, since I left. So that happens too. Expect that. Expect that to happen. How have you guys deal with it like together though? Like, cause obviously we just talk a lot. Yeah. We have to. That's always been what we do. And we just, we talk through it. And one thing that I think we're good at just in our relationship in general is, Again, going back to how we met, we can really work at each other in changing the way you look at something. So I think that's a benefit that we have. You know, if, if one of us is struggling, we can have that conversation and, you know, whether the conversation goes well or not, or whether one of us is pissed or not, you can always sit back afterwards and be like, okay, and kind of take in what was said. And, and we do do a good job of giving each other another way to look at things and questioning and challenging each other on our thoughts. Yeah. Well, business will definitely change your mind yeah. about a lot of things. So we'll get in your ass kicked. So we'll being successful, right? Yeah. I'm not even the same person I was when I think back to some of the things I said and did and who I was, it's like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? It has changed so much. And it, for me, it was 
very, very hard. I did. I was like, man, we're doing this together. Yeah. Nope. That's uh, we all travel alone, right? And if you're lucky enough to find some people to hang out with you as you go along your journey, that's pretty awesome. But that's when I realized, like, no, you you're really doing this alone. Yeah. That's how it works, and and I wouldn't have it any other way now, because right. it is my life. How could it be anything else? But when I was thinking we were all doing it together, and then when I realized Naive. we weren't, it was like, whoa, man! Yeah. I was, and I felt like you were saying, I felt like I was abandoning them. Yeah, like you know, like now I'm gonna. It's not like that, but I. But that's why I wanted to talk about. It. I get. It. I felt some of those and very same we've, things. We've lucked out as far as family goes. You know, like I said, my parents, my dad. You know, my parents are both teachers. You go to school, you go to college, you get a job, yeah. you retire. That is it. That's, that's how they, I was raised. Well, that's what they knew. So that's what they know. So yeah. when you know we'd start, oh, we're doing this. And it's like, well, you know, that's gonna, you know, somebody's gonna destroy your house. And he, you know, but again, like Dave said, totally out of a place of love. My yeah. my parents and I are very close. They love Dave to death. But then when it came down to, oh, Dave's gonna quit his job. I'm sorry, what? No. No, you guys, what are you going to do for healthcare? What are you going to, and it, it's just kind of interesting to, that's where I really see the mindset change in us when, you know, this is who raised me and here they are panicking for us from a place of love. But it's kind of like, then it's hard to turn around and say, no, we're fine. Cause you can't explain you're, that to somebody. You're right. What you said, you can't, you can't talk to those people that aren't in real estate. You can't talk to them much about what you're doing. No. You know, they'll get tired of hearing you and then they'll just yeah. tune you out. So now it's for me, if I'm not around real estate people, I just quiet because I don't know what else to really, that's my whole life now. But we have each other, which is huge. And we know that we have each other to, you know, at home, that's pretty much, I mean, there's lots of conversations that go on, but we can talk about real estate for three hours straight and we're both happy. She used to say, why are you so quiet when we're at like these, these barbecues? I'm like, cause I don't know what to talk about. Dude, I went so far the other way. If I'm going fishing, it's with a real estate friend. If I'm going out to eat, it's with a real estate friend. If I'm going over barbie, I don't want to do anything else. Well, I don't want to talk about anything He doesn't show else. up to things. Yeah. He just doesn't show up because it just got to the point where, you know, as social as I am and I like to be around people and Dave just doesn't, it was like I'd have to fight him to get out of the house. Come on, I'm dragging you with oh, me. Yeah. So and he just wouldn't. I, like, forget yeah. it. Stay home. We just went to a wedding and a uh, <laughs> family friend is my furnace guy. And he's, you know, he's at the end of his career, you know, but he flipped homes and things. So... Thank God when he shows up because then he comes over. Has someone to talk to? Intrigued about what we're doing. Mind you, Dave knows pretty much everybody at this wedding. Him and his wife, they did all the work on their own flips and things. You know, they built new construction, but they did like ninety percent of the work themselves. So what we're doing is more running like more like a business. I I don't want to you know pick up hammers and things, so I'm trying to hire all that out. But he's always intrigued. So every time I talk to him, it's like we got another house. So he's like, "Oh, tell me about that." You know, she's. So when he showed up to the wedding, I was like, thank God. So I was on the dance floor by myself <laughs> and he was, but thank we were both God. happy and it was fine. So, but I love it when someone that's real estate related shows up. I feel like I'm dying on the inside when I go somewhere, even when it's something I'm interested <laughs> doing. Like, Good, you two can relate. Why can't I make a charcuterie board and talk about real estate at the same time? Like, well, why are these I things mutually exclusive? To that about Dave because I, I get it now, but I didn't for a long time. So yeah, I just I'm not capable of it. Yeah. I know that, and I've tried. And you see people dying on the inside where you're talking to them. Like, never mind. That's uh, <laughs> I know how you feel on the other side with something yeah. different. I better stop. Well, but if you are talking about real estate, it's a never-ending discussion, uh, right? I, I never want to stop. Yeah. yeah. Why? I have a podcast where I talk for two, three fucking hours with as many people as we can. And we talk about the same things over and over again. And I'm still not tired of it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be either. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I am pretty obsessed with farming at some point. But even that's real estate. 
driven and, and, and related too. So I think that's going to be a hard one to together pretty well though, too. You've got it. I've tried very hard. I, I feel like I lived my life for other people for so long that when I finally kind of got it, the taste in my mouth was like, I got to wash this out. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do I get rid of this? Scratching your tongue. Right. So I was like, I want to farm. I want to, I want to pick berries. I want to grow things. I want to cook food and I want to do real estate all the time. Like, okay, how can I do this? How can I, how can I manage this? And it's just messy as shit, you know? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes when you drive by my house, like, is this grass really a foot long right now? Yes. You have grass. This is the first year weeds. that we've even had grass. On I, our I shouldn't say grass. Dude, yeah, it's like weeds. Oh. Yeah, I got I got a lot of weeds growing. We when you have four dogs, yeah. You know, but weeds are pretty good. My weeds are are, are a foot high. It, that happens sometimes. But then you're like, look at oh, look at all your herbs and stuff that Gina got in. And I was like, oh yeah, but that still have a lawn. <laughs> it's been three weeks. I just like priorities off folks. our HOA by not having the prettiest lawn. So that Ours was kind of enjoyable. It's not the worst anymore, but it was, and I was okay with it because I kind of like pissing off the HOA. <laughs> just to that grass that is fine another line. thing. If you ask somebody how to grow grass, <laughs> there's five million answers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which one's the right one? Are there ten right ones? Where you just don't grow it at all, like we did. Yeah, I'm like hashtag food not lawns. You know, that's <laughs> that's where I'm going. Well, food not lawns, and also dog poop. So I gotta yeah. have a patch for all the dog Dogs. poop, and then and then <laughs> a patch for all the food. That's why we originally, Jeremy. It was the dog connection, the animal connection. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I, I still like animals better than people as a general rule. I man, I got so. I didn't talk about that too much, but like I got fucked over so bad Ugh. by the rescue community. Like I've heard that can be a thing. Well, here, here, if you really want to solve animal cruelty, you have to stop child abuse. The idea that you're going to fix it by adopting out dogs and not buying dogs. Like I get it now. Like the problem isn't the dogs. The problem are the people. And Amen. if you want to stop animal abuse, you have to stop child abuse. But I didn't know that. So I got in, I was going to help all these dogs and I ended up working with maniacs who don't actually want to help the dogs they are egotistical. Anyway, I was completely out of that and just dead and done. I didn't want anything else to do with it. I got Gina a dog way back in the days, like 2010 Chai, because the two dogs we got previously, she didn't feel like she had a connection with. Mm -hmm. Right. So I got this free throwaway pit off of Craigslist that I gave her. Unfortunately, for reasons we don't understand, Chai, her, you know, like a stomach twist. Yeah. Her intestines twisted and it didn't show up on x-ray. Anyway, Gina's dog died. Right. So then for like the last two years, you come home, she's crying, right? She just can't get over it. I don't want any more dogs. Like I'm done. Finally, I cave and I get her Chino, the puppy, right? This puppy, it was like years of hate washing off of me. This puppy just completely turned. Like, I let go of all of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still mad. Right. If I ever get a chance to fuck him over, I will. But like this resentment and hatred, literally hatred and resentment I had for being dumped with dogs. And and one dog took me six years to adopt. Wow. Right. So I'm like, you motherfuckers ditch me with all the, right. I get Gina, this puppy I don't want. And it just Interesting. melted away. And then two months later in my neighbor's backyard, uh-huh. there's this 
big ass Rottweiler. My neighbor's like, Jeremy, there's a big fucking dog in the backyard. And I look at him and I immediately see him for what he is. I open my gate, <laughs> which I never would have done pre Chino. Right. I was done. I'm like, he runs right in. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for food. He was like 10 pounds underweight. And here I am fostering a dog yeah. again. So I took a long ass break. Well, but he picked you. No and people then, were involved in you finding him. Nope. He came See, to he me. Came to you. And that we're still different. working with a rescue and we're taking applications. So long story short, I'm dabbling in it again. My heart isn't as hard to it as it once was. And it all started with this Chino puppy that finally let me like let yeah. go of all that resentment and hate. Throwaway dogs and throwaway people are my favorite things in life because I was a throwaway kid. Yeah. So I'm never going to – I don't think I'm going to change that. And no. I think I will continue to do some of it. I'm not going to do like I did before though. Yeah. Now I'm smarter. I don't have to expose myself to those maniacs. I could still help dogs. Yeah. To some extent. Exactly. I don't have to let it all hang out there. I'm like, I'm going to help you out so much. Mm -hmm. And all Again, you live and you learn. You learn as you go. If you don't keep learning, you should be done. I'd much rather hang out with a dog than most human beings. I'll admit that. Yeah. That's a deep one. I'll admit that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. When I come home, long ass day, tired as fuck. You know who's always happy to see me? Not just oh, happy to see me. My, where have you been? Yeah. Oh my god. That, that's how all the dogs wife. are. Not your wife. Not most days. No. 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 Not most days. That's why we have them. Yeah. Dogs shouldn't love us, but they do. Right. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> you got to earn it with your spouse, and it's yeah. like it's the dogs are just like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're here. You know, even pieces of shit. I don't care that you're an asshole. Yeah. They abuse their dog. I've saw that so many times. It's such a oh, sad thing, but it's something I love about dogs, and it helps me live in the moment because I have a hell of a time living in the moment. I'm thinking about what I want to do next, yeah. what I want to crush next, and this dog, like, okay, I can appreciate Make this hour that yep. we're going to hang out together. So for me, it's very beneficial. And I, we kind of set up our life for dogs, too, just like we set up our life for farming oh, and for real estate. So. <laughs> We do. Dogs rule it. Everything's designed around it, too. So, And Gina has a little surprise for that you guys get to see with Chino for those going up for the um, Renegade RDI Savage getaway that she's making for Chino, too. So cool. long-winded way of saying, yes, we're back dabbling in it. And I'm surprised how much I enjoy it again. To go to swing one, one way all the way the yeah, other way. And now I'm back. So, yeah, a lot of that hate is gone, a lot of that resentment. Yeah. And you guys have couple we, rescue yeah, dogs too rescues. well that was actually yeah. why i liked him when we met because he had just got two black lab puppies oh, so yeah. when we met animals, they were he'd only dogs, had them for two weeks and so we had the two of them and then um i think alex was 13 and you know hey kid what do you want for christmas oh, i want rats the rescuer brought the two she i was just gonna adopt one and she brought the two and they that's were a sales first. lady we should hire her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he ended and up with both said, how am i supposed to pick so, all right, I'll take two. Well, yeah, my life was around them, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so then Alex ended up getting two pet rats for Christmas, and mm. that was interesting in and of itself. But within 14 months, we lost all four of those pets. Um, we lost Ruby and Diamond, the two dogs, uh, 13 months apart. And I think, they, I think. Freak things. Yeah. Just a, probably a spleen rupture. Ruptured spleen. One, and they were sisters, so maybe they had the same thing happen. But yeah. Just, you know, yeah. in the middle of the night on one, and then the other one, like seven in the morning, she had just left for work. And that was the first one that went. 
Yeah. Be, and, you know, you're real close to your animals. Right? Oh, yeah. They're like my kids, you know. And Tara had just went to work. I think I was on Christmas break because it happened during Christmas break. I was on – my company gives two weeks off at Christmas. So, um, But, yeah, she just, like, got up and she was staggering down the road. And then she fell over. And I was like – I went from zero to 100, like, panic. You know, oh, my God, you know. So I'm hauling ass down. The, of course, you know, the 24-hour place is like Southfield. There's one in Downer. So like yep. 20 one. minutes from me, you know. So I'm like doing 90 down. And, you know, she passed away on the way there. And, I mean, I've just lost my mind. But then when we lost the second one, you know, we were both totally distraught. Like, oh, my God, we're never getting dogs again. Yeah, we this lost four animals. too painful. And then we were Two weeks later, looking on red. <laughs> rescue websites including alex all three of us were in the living room and i peek over at their phones like what do you guys do nothing (laughs) so it took three weeks and we got two more rescues and they're batshit crazy that's the way i do it too i never get over it so i just need something new to love yeah right because what what am i going to get over the the I've loved so many dogs. How do you get yeah. over that? How do you? Was, yeah. No, you just, just got to love something. We were middle, just at the point because you know? we had lost all of that. And even the pet rats, we grew to love them. And, and it was hard watching Alex go through losing them. And, uh, but it was just, you know, we can't do this anymore. We just lost four animals in a year's time. We, we can't set ourselves up for this again. And, but it was too quiet in the damn house. Yeah. We weren't used to it. We all, you know, so. Yeah. Like you said, they're happy to see you and now nothing's there when you come home. That's, that's, eerie. that was the worst. That's eerie. When you walk yeah. in the door and there's nothing, you know, that didn't last what, two weeks. Yeah. It was we two were, weeks. Yeah. Dogs will always be a part of yes. my family. It's oh. it's mandatory. Well, right? for, you know, when we first got them, they're their brother sister from a litter, and uh, the first day was real weird. I mean, I just those labs were my first dogs from moving out of my mom, so they were my dogs, you know. And when losing those, the first night was strange, but the second day I fell right in love with them, you know. And now you're just you grow a real tight bond with your animals, you know, and so yeah, very tight bond. It, it's strange. Yeah, the girl has a. A real tight bond with me. The boy has more of a tight bond with hers. Jeremy, it's this dog, no joke, and I have video, so if anybody wants it, <laughs> I may be able to send it to you. They have a ritual every night where she will jump up and thank God he doesn't wear hair product because she licks his head. Yep. For a half an hour. Beast will do that. Fall asleep. Yep. Fall asleep. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? That's just weird. It's really weird, but that's their thing, and that's, you know, so it is what it is, but. One of my favorite dogs, Champ, unfortunately, I had to put him down because he just couldn't live in a human world. He kept, he would bite any human other than me. That's not very sustainable. And when it comes to this stuff, my wife is not very bright. Like she can't tell when the dog's about to bite her or not. Right. So I can't leave a dog that isn't going to hurt my, my, my wife. Right. I put a lot of time in this thing, but Champ loved me. It's going to sound gross. He would clean my feet for like 45 minutes oh to an hour at night. I'm talking like get that tongue down in there. Him. And Did he you? would nibble with it was like getting a foot massage yeah. every night. Like our routine became yeah. I get in the bed, he crawls it at the end of my feet. He'd put his two paws over like this. So it's not just you, Dave. He cr- oh. like cross paws and he starts going at it. And yeah, these little pet routines we have. Yeah. Now my pets like to wake me up in the morning. Like they wait, they're sleeping, they're sleeping, and my alarm goes off. Next thing I know, I got a little head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd like some pets, and if you could get the food, please. And we'd be fantastic. But when that's the biggest demand you've got from them, that's okay. Uh, People demand so much more, so it's, it's okay. I don't want it. I don't want it any other way. No. So I want to get enough money. I can get like one of those, uh, you know, the cops have the automatic AC in their car when they go around with their dogs and they yeah. got like the safety backups. Cause 
I want to drive everywhere with my dog, but you can't do that in Michigan. They'll freeze or melt in the well, we car. We can't take our dogs right? anywhere because they're assholes and they don't get along with other dogs. Oh, that's hilarious. So I got really one of those. we really can't take them. Yeah. Well, we've learned that you're actually not, since getting them, that it's really not a good idea to have siblings, to mm. have litter mates because they can, their bond can be too close and then they're just assholes to everybody else. So we can't go. It, we're very limited. Dude, it's funny you say that. We can go because of them. Worst dog fight I ever had to break up in my house was a 12 dog fight, and it was the sister who started the fight. It was the brother yeah. who bit me three times. Yeah. So Only time learned. I've been bitten by a dog was that there. Yeah. She's in charge, but he's the enforcer. Oh, yeah. Dude, he got me good. Yeah. Yeah, twice in the back of the leg, once yeah. in the face. So, unfortunately, and again, I hate admitting it, but our dogs literally rule our lives because we can't go places. We don't go places because, but we're kind of okay with it. Hmm. We started getting like a dog sitter. You got to be very careful. I don't trust people. Yeah, Neither do I. Trust do. me. Nobody doesn't trust me. Like I, I you should. Well, we're, you want to hear me be a maniac? Like if something I have said some horrible shit. I'm like, if you're gonna, you hurt my dog. You make a mistake. I will fucking ruin your life. I, right? I will like, admit that I'll let somebody watch my kid before my dog. <laughs> I will fucking do it. I, I know. So when I have people. a kid, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just murder people. Right. No, like, I no. I would hand my kid over to a babysitter quicker than I will my dogs. Sorry, Alex. I love you. <laughs> Humans are okay, more so capable. Okay. Capable. He is. Though. He's yeah. a, like I said, he's a capable kid. Yeah. So I can admit that. But yeah, they, so we're back in more training. We found another trainer that can work on the dog aggression. Cause we want to be able to go and do things at this point. Cause we have the time now. Yeah. So before it was always, we could also use the excuse. Well, we work all day, you know, yes, I'm off summers, but he's not. So it's okay. But now we have the time to go places and we kind of want to. So we're going to circle back around and see if we can unassholeize our dogs. I don't know if that's a word. But. <laughs> do you have a fenced yard? Oh, we do. I may have a lead for you if you ever want to go away for some of that. Uh, okay. Some some period of time. I, I might, might be able to help I you out a little bit on that. Trust yeah. you on that. Okay. Yep. Does the pet sitter stay in the house? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's how I do it. Yeah. I can't because uh, yeah, I'm in Detroit too, so I need like a double yeah, whammy. Need... I need somebody to take care of my dog, my cats, and yeah. come go stay in the house. People yeah. see there's somebody there, so I I need both. But I wouldn't do it any other way either. Right. I just pay extra. Yeah. You stay in the house and then I know you're coming and going because the nightmares one, she needs a lot of human interaction anyway. She doesn't like a lot of dogs. She loves Chino, but yeah. like, I don't want her just chilling by herself. You yeah. know, like she needs somebody to sleep with and yeah. pet and you yeah. know, that yeah. kind of thing. Anyway, sorry folks. We didn't mean to get so digressed on this. Uh, Put yeah. a bunch of dog lovers in a room and watch yeah. what happens. But it is how we kind of started. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is that, you know, like I said, I, I, think I'm a good judge of character when it comes to people. And while I'll always, you know, be open to getting to know anybody, um, obviously you were one of the first people that kind of reached out and was willing to give us a hand. And we jumped on it cause we, that we were hungry for information. And, um, yeah, that was one of the things I remember you doing the dog rescue stuff then. So that yeah, I cool. remember I, what I did was, so you're going to laugh. So when I became an agent, you, you guys are part of my plan. Uh Oh, right. So, Nobody had any reason to do any business with me. I've been a wholesaler and investor. I'd ruined my name too for a long <laughs> yeah. period of time, right? And I'm trying to dig myself back out of this hole I put put myself in. One of the things I did was identify 10 people I thought I could help in the business of real estate. And my goal was to help without expectation of return, even though as a business plan, I expected a return. If that makes any sense to people, I think it does. It if does. you know exactly what I'm talking about and you guys are one of the 10 people on the list 
where I called Matt. We went to the coffee shop and I attempted to help out and do business with. So that was that was a while ago, three, four years ago, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and so. you were actually helping me out with the stuff that I was trying to do and and start getting moving and talk I still David. Have that script. Yeah, yep. we still have that the stuff that you shared with yeah. us. So. I still use the same script. That, yeah. that that young guy you see in here, I don't know if he's going to make it or not, but we'll see. He's in here. He keeps trying to go off the script. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just read the script. <laughs> no, nope. read the script. For you. Just follow it. It's yeah, just that's that all you got to do. Thing. You find the people who know what they're doing and are doing it, and you learn from them. And it's not you were clearly. And it's one not of those my people. script. It's like it's, it's everything I learned from like Steve right. and Ron. That that which is the entire point. They have somebody who knows way more than you, yep. who knows exactly Who's what to say. To just read yeah. off the damn script. Isn't that a calming effect too when your network knows the answer? Yeah. So if you know the people that know the answer and you're like, oh my God, I got to get an eviction, you just call a lawyer and he's like, all right, I charge 300 bucks, but I'll handle the whole thing. Oh, so all that fear you had in your mind yeah. just went right out the window because you had the answer. There's always, There's always someone. That's another reason I love the networking part, right? Yeah. It, you don't, what you don't know gets you and what you think you know that yeah. is not true. You learn. That's the thing that really <laughs> gets you. So if you expand your social network and meet more competent people at better things than you, you greatly reduce your chance of having that happen. Because it, it forces I did you it. to be humble. Yeah. I was very, very arrogant young man, you know. Knew it all. Gotta change it all. Yeah. No. That's hundred <laughs> percent not how it works at true. all. Yeah. No. It's actually the polar opposite. Yeah. You react to the rest of the world and do the best you can, right? So, but anyway, we we diverged really off topic. Let's try it. Sorry. No, I like it because it, it brings <laughs> it brings it in. So, you guys also still this is so funny, right? You actually still do direct mail and marketing. Yeah. But you don't want to wholesale. You're not wholesale. You're kind of doing it just to find flips, and it's yeah. a funny thing because I always tell people if you want to become a flipper start a wholesale business because you start putting postcards out, wholesale the ones that aren't perfect for what you're doing. Exactly. That feeds your marketing campaign for your flips and your rentals. And then the ones that are perfect, you keep and take down for yourself. But you guys just like, I'm not going to wholesale at all. We, yeah, we've done very few of those. Okay. So you have done a few wholesales. We've done a couple where we've closed on it because again, you know, with the flipping, you have the money to close yourself. Yep. It just, if you have the money, it's so much easier, you know? Like we had the money, we got the deal off of you and it was just done. I mean, I didn't have to go, don't worry, Jeremy, I'm going to try to find private money and all this. And we just had the money, you know, just makes it easier. Yeah, we've we've let go of a couple properties, but for the most part, we keep them. Let me tell you, I am a piece of shit with mail because I do everything wrong. That's hilarious. I'll do it for four months (laughs) and then I'll be like, you know what? I got a call or two. And one of those calls was like, you're a piece of shit. Don't send me any more mail. And then I'll stop, right? I'll do everything they tell you not to do. And then like six months later, I get two deals off of it. Yeah. So there's never been a campaign think learned. where we didn't get a deal off of it. None. Zero. And I've done like six or seven different kinds. Amazingly enough, Amazingly enough, direct mail marketing works even when you do it poorly. Despite So you'd think he'd start doing it well, but he hasn't yet. There's in this market that are cleaning up. Oh, yeah. And yet we still can pull them in. And we don't do all kinds of mail either. We're not doing anything to their scale, but 
still find a deal here and there, you know? So, well, you know, this is true. Cause we know these same people, there are people spending 25 grand yeah. a month right now on yeah. postcards. Yeah. So like, there's some serious players oh, yeah. like, and you can still find deals. So yeah. there's plenty out there. There's plenty of deals. Yeah, there's there's more money than there will ever be yes. deals too. So yeah. not only are there plenty of deals, there's plenty of money to, to follow those deals. But it's just another door to keep open and it does us well. So, and we have fun doing it. So, well, how do you finance a lot of yours? I know you have cash to buy your own, but you guys also have leverage too, like yeah. with traditional mortgages. How are the different ways you have purchased property? Uh, well, if we run out of ours, um, you know, we have a big HELOC on our property because we bought it at the low. So we've got this large HELOC on it, but we, I'm afraid to touch, touch it. it. I don't, I want to mess with my primary. You're so conservative. Oh, yeah. It'll never, some things will never change. I'll, I like it, though. This I'll, is different. I'll tap into it very shortly, but I better know where there's never. money coming back, you know. Um, but, yeah, we'll do a cash-out refi with conventional loans. We can. I can still get 30-year mortgages even though I'm self-employed now. Oh, you know what your HELOC is? Sorry, I got to – man, who did I steal? Oh, Jeff Lebeski stole this. Mm-hmm. Your HELOC is your reserve reserve. Yeah. Or your 401K is your reserve reserve. Or yeah. you're like – so I want to bring – thank you, Jeff. I want to bring in the reserve reserve again. So your HELOC is, in your case, your reserve reserve, right? Yeah. Break in case of absolute fucking yeah. alien invasion. It's there. Right? We know it's there. <laughs> I could use it then, but that's until that's then, when you jump off the I'm building. not touching it. We all have our different, uh, our set points in life, too. I mean, there's some guys out there that are haywire that oh, yeah. just leverage everything. And, you know, it's, Dude, that was fucking me. How do you think I ended yeah. up in the mess the first yeah. time? I was like, max it fuck out. How much can I get? The maximum? <laughs> Let's do it. Exactly. How many are we getting? I think we had $120,000 in credit cards, and every oh, fucking damn. one of them was on houses. Shoo. Like We're just like, how much can I get? Apply for another one, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. It's working. <laughs> the wheels come off fast that way, though. I'll tell yes. you what. You hit a bump and the whole thing fucking just flew apart. That's literally. Well, and I think that's been one of the most valuable things that we've learned from you and a few others is, you know, we weren't there to lose our ass when a lot of you did. And your knowledge and your experience has been invaluable to us. So I think that's part of. Yeah, there's a lot of guys around here that went bust at some point or uh, just even if they didn't go bust, but they were in the market. On the last high and low, you know, you can learn a lot from that. How did it look? I wasn't paying attention. So how did that look? What were the signs at the time, you know? So your complete fuck up in life has helped us. Thank you. Good. Don't leverage too much. <laughs> leverage is good and leverage is bad. So use it more effectively so than, than I did. Ditch. But anyway, yeah, like conventional loans for uh, refining out our rentals. But normally we always buy cash. We almost always put no contingencies on our offers um, unless it's some like oddball thing. You know, like if it's like some super bad foundation that I haven't seen yet or something, I may say, well, I want to check that. But almost always we're doing no contingency. Um, and otherwise, though, if we're stretched thin, uh, I've got a buddy that I used to work with. Uh, he also took the bio. He quit his job and um, happy to lend to me anytime I want. And his mom has also lent to me. So Dude, that's awesome. She yeah. loves it, too. Because, you know, I think the last time she lent to me, she got a almost a $5,000 check from me. So she's like, that's all I had to do for Here, this take time. my money again. Yeah. I said, yeah, and I might want to do it again. She's like, okay. You know, so all of a sudden, at the first time, she was really apprehensive about it. Understandably And now she's so. like, oh, all right. Yeah. You know, and she, I gave her the first lien on the property and everything. So that's generally about our extent. But I think as we start to try to scale and go from five flips to 10 or something, I'm definitely going to have to reach out to the network more to get money. Well, something I want to talk about too, which I'm going to nail this one. You have 
multiple ways of financing a deal. You got your own cash, got your own retirement account, got a home equity line of credit, have private lenders, right? Folks, you hear this? Multiple uh, ways of doing this. You market for your own properties. You guys also buy from wholesalers, right? Yeah. So what are, what are the different ways you guys bring leads in and how you get leads too? Uh, we've used direct mail with, with, uh, we've done high equity, like hundred percent. Uh, we've done some probate. In fact, we've got a deal in contract that was from probate letters. Again, uh, I stopped doing the marketing. <laughs> we, uh, I love multiple. that you're so honest because yeah, I think people not? think you oh. have to execute this thing perfectly. No. When really 4% puts you in the top up. 1%, right? Like yeah. it just is. We gotta, do a lot wrong. Yeah. And then Imagine we try to learn from right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I never saw No, I, I mean, I campaigns. can't even tell you how many times. And again, it's one of those, Dave, do it right this time and maybe it'll be even better. But he doesn't. We just it's keep, so, it's we just so keep hard doing the same thing. It's so hard to spend money on advertising with. There's no guarantee. It's like burn the money, hope to God. <laughs> even though it's worked out every time for even you. I love it. <laughs> we, we have had things come around multiple times after one, two years. We It took us two and a half years working with that those people to get one deal done. But it was one of the best we've ever done. That I mean, it's just, time, yeah, yeah it, it's just funny how, it, you know, half the time, because we've done um, a couple of different things to reach out to people. And, and we also have from our nine to, five jo- nine to five jobs have a pretty good network. So we found deals just word of mouth. Um, people do see what we do. They do know what we do. They've asked us to help them out. And if we can, sometimes it benefits us. Um, we found houses that way. But yeah, it's amazing how many times, you know, we'll stop something, we'll stop a campaign out of our heads and we'll get a phone call or, or an email out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, this was from two years ago. We also but, answer our phone live. Yeah. So that took me getting really, young. I remember you, that you, was our conversation at the yeah, coffee whatever. shop. One of your biggest struggles oh. was the phone. And Terrible. you right? helped get him over that. So thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm somewhat over it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's getting there. Me off of marketing. That's one thing, but to cold call people, I don't know why that's so much different, but I'm still scared. It's hard. Because he's mental. Cold calling is hard. I'm dead on the inside now with everything I went through. (laughs) I could do anything, but I remember it took me years to get comfortable with call. It's literally like walking up to somebody in the street and saying, hey, do you want to go out? That's literally what you're doing. That's a very socially awkward thing. There's a stigma against it. Millions of years of evolution telling you that's not the thing to do, and you got it. That's exactly what you're going to go do multiple times a day. And ironically, I would be the better person to do it. But when I'm at work, when I'm at school, I can't be on my phone. I can't be in my email. I can't do those things. You're going to do that for us when you quit. What? Cold calling. Oh, we're not discussing that. Jeremy said I didn't have to discuss (laughs) it. Um, But so it just fell into his lap because he could answer the phone at all times. He can do that. So it was that was something that we didn't pick. But here's the weird thing too: is (laughs) I'm trying to do some cold calling on like commercial stuff, and I'm still terrified out of my mind. Even though I should be less concerned because those are investors you're calling. Yeah, they get it right. They're in the game. They're like, if they don't want to sell, they're like, no, I'm not going to sell. They're not a homeowner that's emotionally attached to their house and you think you're going to steal it from them. So I don't know why I'm just as afraid issues. to call it. Yeah, I just said, I told you when we started this, I'm a mental basket case. There you go. Well, we all are. This, yeah. way, this is what it is to be human, yeah, right. right? We're a meat sack saddled <laughs> with a multi-million-year-old lizard brain, and we're, yeah. we're, we're driving around in machines trying not to kill each other. <laughs> Or freak out, or steal, or like, pan- like, yeah. This, this is, this is what it is. I yeah. think people think too, like, 
just because I'm scared, you don't do it too. Like, yeah. I, now I'm to the point where I can do pretty much whatever I want, whenever I want, and I can make myself do it. But it's like 13 years later of right. like training myself to do the things I don't want to do. I think people have this idea in their head that I'll just wake up and want to do it. Or I won't be afraid or it's going to imagine I'm going to do it 10 times and it's going to be easy. Some things are still hard every time yeah. I, I, I do it, you know, to your we point, still it. scared, making the call, but making yeah. the call scared, right? Like and, well, that's real. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. And when somebody calls me off of the marketing though, I answer it, but it took me a while. Like I, I would avoid answering it, but then I'm like, man, I'm just pissing away the advertisement money. Yeah. I better answer, but you know, sometimes if you don't take it live, you don't know if you're going to get them back on the phone. They could just be going through yep. all these postcards and calling the next guy. So now, I mean, I've been walking into a store and I see my number pop up and I just go right back. I'm the answering car. it. Yep. Yeah, I'm answering. You just do not know what's on the other line. And I mean, it could be somebody with 50 rentals that want to sell or something. You and that's, know. you know, the, the doing the role playing and doing the call. And yeah. that's something that we always, you know, if one of us is on the phone doing something, but, the other one will be listening and we'll but, discuss it afterwards. I do the phone call. And again, I'm a piece of shit with it. I am not doing it off of a script. I'm just like, I probably, you know, she's like, why don't you ask them their name up front? I, I always forget. I'm like, I want to get into the that. deal, right? <laughs> I want to get into the deal. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, we buy houses. Do you have something on his own? I don't even I forget to ask so much shit, you know, but to me the important thing is get the get the address, try to figure out where they are and their numbers, you know, see if it's something you worth even going to look at, you know. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm not issues. I am not polished at all. Yeah. Now, you don't I, have to be. Here's what I love about the wholesale so game, right? The wholesale game is 80% of the time if you're first, you win. Yeah. I keep telling people this and they don't believe me. Right. Like the real estate agent game is different. It's a relationship. You're diving deep. It's multi year long. It might take you. I've chased, I just got business. I chased for three years. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's not the same thing. What I love about wholesaling is it's like hunting. Yeah. You know, you, you got to go out. You, hey, I if I show, if I'm there first, how good of a shot do I have to be to shoot that deer from 40 yards? Right. Do I have to be a marine sniper? I think people are are mismatched in their head with the level of skill yeah. they well, need you, to have versus most of the time, if you could just show up first, you just created the perfect storm for yourself. You just did it. Yeah. You I know? think people. I think I think people will either subconsciously or consciously catch on that you're not going to bullshit them when they call you. I'm not going to bullshit them. I'm just going to be me. You know, talk to them. But if I get a sales call from someone and it sounds oh, scripted, God, he's evil to those or people. it sounds polished or something, I immediately want to hang up. I, I don't want to talk to you. I You're just, making them better. Yeah. You're giving well, the them the feedback they need to go back and improve. Because yeah. of yeah. Yeah. They, they're scared now. They don't come to our I house anymore. I don't want to deal with you. If, you're, if I sound like I'm about to try to be sold, I don't want to deal. It's just almost a turnoff. I guess it's unless it's something that I really would yeah. need or something. But So I, that's how I approach it with wholesaling. I just kind of like... How can I try to help them get their problem fixed so I can get what I want? You know, that's how I go. But we're like, when we go to these appointments, we're very honest and just real about it. We don't try to go in there with ties and try to sell them shit, you know. So that's how we approach it, at least. You, know? but it, you don't it, like my tie? <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time Dave wore a damn tie because he doesn't wear them to weddings when we go. You're lucky I have shorts on. I'm lucky he has pants on. That's why I said that's what I should have named the podcast we did, by the way, which I regret to this. (laughs) 
I like take this job and shove it. I was thinking of a country song, Johnny Paycheck, which I just, I just love. And then as soon as I did everything and it's out there for the world, I was like, God damn, it should have been pants optional. Yes, That's so much op- better. Well, no, because then you would have had a bunch of guys showing up with no pants on, Jeremy. That could have gone. Really you know bad. what? That would have gone viral and I would have been okay with that. I don't know. Pants optional. <laughs> so you too can get to a point in your life where pants is optional on a wholesale appointment and a flip appointment too. Well, Look, hey, something to shoot people, for. Half the people you go to visit might not have pants on. That's. Well, Steve, I love you, but Steve dresses like a bum, and he's done a fucking ton of deals, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're absolutely. People imagine these things as obstacles in their head, and that's something I've learned from Ron. Not that I ever tried to be anyone else, but this idea that there's a way to do it Mm-mm. when there's so many ways to do it, and something that Ron taught me is just why don't you just fucking tell him? Yeah. Why don't you just tell yep. him? All right, here's what I'm doing. Yeah, and it works. Uh, I just lay like. Now I'm to the point because now that I'm an agent, I, I, and I'm licensed and I'm also older and wiser and I work with smarter people too. And I'm not as desperate as I used to. So, so I can think clearly now. I go above and beyond like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you should do. Mm-hmm. You should listen. This is what I think you would make. Yeah. Cause I'm so worried about, I never want to be in a position where it even appears. Exactly. Yep. Cause sometimes we're dealing with thing. older people. Um, we're dealing with people at the worst moments you're, you're dealing with vulnerable people in their life, yeah. right? And I'm allegedly here to help, which I am. Right. I am here to help. But I also know, having destroyed my life twice, that from the outside looking in looks way different than looking mm-hmm. from the inside out. So I take more precautions now than I used to, especially the more vulnerable yes. that that person is. And if you think it will kill deals, it's not. I've literally sat down at a table and go, you shouldn't do that. You should take the hit. You'll make an additional 35. But if you don't want to do that, here's my number. And they have literally taken it. They're like, what do you mean? You just, you're leaving 35 grand on the table. That's my profit. That's what I want to make. This is what you should do. But if you want to do this with me, this is what I'm willing to pay. Exactly how I laid it out. And they still will do it. So if you have these ideas in your head about how it has to be, or you got to go in and trick them into something or this is not true. I think if you explain, like if you said, if you explain it to them, uh, like I've explained the calculation to them. Yeah. This is how, you know. Ron does it on a ca- on his phone right in yes, front of him. That's what they, I love you, Ron the Don. He literally goes, yep. that's what I can do. How tr- how much more transparent well, it's so could much you possibly to do it be? That way. Yes. That's the thing. It's so much easier to just be real, be honest, walk in, well, a lot of walk people, out. A lot of homeowners that maybe buy or sell a house two, three times in their life don't know about all those costs. Yeah. You still have to make a profit. So selling it to me at a discount of five grand isn't going to do anything, right? You know, you need that margin. So I think people appreciate that. You know, I mean, we've been told many times, you know, I appreciate your candor. I appreciate that you guys seem very honest with me. You know, I think if they tell us that we're doing the right thing, we're approaching it the right way. You know, we can sleep at night. Well, that's, that's another that's another myth that good guys finish last. Nope. Nope. Good guys don't. And that's a saying, good girls too, right? You get the point, right? I'm, I'm stuck with this gender, you know, oh, you language. Know. Yeah. No. But you get, you, you get the point. That's not true. No. You don't have to take advantage of people. You don't have to lie to people. And actually the opposite is true. The more transparent you are, the better things go. And I honestly don't want to do the deal if it's not, no. if it's not going to solve their problem. Why would I do that? Right. Like we, we always tell people we need to sleep at night. Yeah. We need to sleep at night. We are, you know, we've raised our kid to do the right things. 
how horrible would it be if we turn around and don't do that and he sees it? Well, I think some people, you know, there's so much poison about money and getting ahead and it seems to be getting worse. Like if somebody else have it, they took it from you. It's like all these emotions. Oh, we're horrible people. Attach, attach this stuff. And none of them are true. Yeah. You don't have to steal from people. You don't have to mislead people. You don't have to trick them. You don't have to hide what you're doing. No, none of that's true. We've even found on the flip side of that, we have, we have put ourselves inadvertently in a position where we can go above and beyond to help people too. And that I love because how often do you get to really truly help people out when they're at their worst moment, when they are desperate, when you're the make it or break it. And that's a huge pressure to be under, but it's so cool when you can turn around and do that. Her being in the special education side knows a lot of subsidized housing locations and things. So, you know, we're actually trying to help somebody right yeah. now find a low income, but that's the key, right? If we help him find his place, yeah. we get to have the deal. And we have the resources to do that. And we've, yeah, we've been in positions true. where we've been able to do some really cool stuff and yeah, it might take a little bit of time, but we've got it. We put ourselves in a great position. Why not? You know, and it doesn't, you know, I won't get into specifics too. cause it doesn't matter, but no, it doesn't matter. It's, It's just nice to be able to do that because prior to this, we weren't really in a position to, we didn't have opportunities to. And when they present themselves, we do try to take advantage of that because why shouldn't you? Well, I know it sounds like a cliche, especially coming from the capitalist pig that I am, (laughs) which I absolutely am. But these things aren't mutually exclusive, right? So they shouldn't be. No, they're, 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 they're not at all. It's not about the money. The money is the byproduct of the process and the money is how we keep score. But if you're doing it for the money, I promise you, you're fucking it up. You're going to make bad decisions. You you don't do it for the money. You do the right thing. And then the money becomes the result. It's not an excuse to be lazy because people sometimes hear this and like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, no, it sounds like a cliche. It's not about the money. The money is how you keep score, even though I'm a capitalist pig. <laughs> you got to make money, right? right. It is a That's, it is yeah. a business. But if you chase Be the real. money, you're failing. You can't chase the money. Does does not work. Solve the problem. Solve the problem and, and it does work. And that's something that's really important to you guys. I cut it out. Yeah. You had a very beautiful, very long, I, I abbreviated it something, it's something I you put in your you bio. Would. Yes. <laughs> that, that is very important. And that yeah. is something I, I learned from Ron too. And life's just been so much easier. Yeah. Also, something Ron taught me is to let go of expectation too. Yes. I don't care if I get it. That one was hard. But once, like, I got it. Man, now you go in, you're transparent, and you don't care if you get it. That's different from not wanting to lose. I know it doesn't make sense. I don't care if I get it, but I never want to lose. I, th- I hope it makes sense. There's, there's got to be a balance. Well, yes. There's start, a balance. If you start rationalizing a bad deal, you're going to get killed. Yeah. It's, it's, you can't rationalize it. The math is going to be the math. Well, at Jocko Willing too, one of my favorite podcasts is the Jocko podcast. And part of this, another way of saying it is the more detached you are from it, from the problem, the better you can work on the problem. And that's the same. I think that's sort of the, uh, sort of the same thing. I want to talk about how you guys got into the storage unit stuff. Cause first of all, I'm intensely interested in this. And I think in two or three years, I'm going to be in a position that I would love cool. to kind of follow in your footsteps and grab some of that self storage, but especially as conservative as Dave is, and you're still yeah. full-time at school, yeah. To jump off the boat that's working, right? Here we are yeah, at we this took a total analogy. Left turn on that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, why not? Hey, you got rentals, you got flips, you got some things working, and now you're like, well, 
like single family. I like. Yeah, we like, like it. it. It's know? worth. Been very successful. You quit your job. You got a year before you quit your job, but jump on the, okay, I need to do something different. Let's talk about how you decided to do that deal. And let's talk about that particular deal too. I think that's, that's very interesting. So, so yeah, so uh, we have a partner on that and our partner found the deal and uh, asked us to partner with them. So we, how'd you find the partner? A partner is Charlie Cow. So he's around here. You know, he's a pretty good, Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he gave me the numbers on it. Um, we just went back and forth a lot. Yeah, we. I ran the numbers on it. You know, they were. You met him networking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're absolutely. you're doing your little social networking. How long did you know each other before you did a deal together? Not long. Not long. Maybe a couple of years. Yeah. Just talking to him really. I like how patient you are. Not long, only a couple of years. You know how many people try? You know how many people go to these meetings and try and fuck on the first day? Yes, it warps your timeline. But we basically funded most of the deal, and then uh, we get half the equity off of it. And um, he is managing it as well. So for us, it's a much more passive investment. Um, He also he gets paid a management fee for that, so he's getting paid to do that. And um, yeah, I mean it. Just seemed like a good thing to do. It got my foot in uh, commercial. Something so different. even with the lenders, were now, you looking before he presented it to you? Yeah, or? I'm looking. Okay, so how did yeah. you decide no, to start we were, looking? Like, what what made you attracted to storage units? I just felt like we needed to do that. I, you know, expand. Huh? Just expand yeah. in general for yeah. just a challenge. I guess. Yeah, I think uh, you know, commercials probably better for buy and hold than single family is. Um, so far, it seems like that. Um, it's one deal and it's many units in one deal. So it, it does make sense to scale like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from down in the down river area where we invest, I mean, there's a lot of storage facilities, but they're not really mom and pops. Yeah. They're all a lot of corporate. Yeah. Corporate, right? of so yeah, I mean, you can buy that, but you're going to buy like a six cap or something. It's going to, it's just not really what we were looking for. So um, yeah, so that deal came along and it's out by Charlie. So uh, I, when I underwrote the deal, I underwrote it, off of the numbers from the property, but I underwrote him because I mean, it's so important. If you're going to have a partner, you really have to be selective. And he is amazing. Yeah. That he's guy, fantastic. He will, he looks for the best deals on everything. He's always getting multiple co- quotes. He keeps me in the loop on everything. I mean, it's as much as you can ask for from a partner. So we have an official agreement though with the lawyers and such. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, so for us, it's a passive thing. Um, but it's great because the foot's in the door. So for lending standards, I own self-storage, right? So I, now when we go for apartments or more self-storage, it'll be easier. Mm. You know, they were scrutin- they scrutinized me pretty good with the, yeah. with the lending. It was an interesting so. process. Yeah, so you had to put money down and you had to get a loan, right? Yes. All right. What was Explain what that was like to to people in the process you went through because I think there some people just don't even start because they they don't know yeah, right it's too far off yeah what what did that did you got yeah, to fill an application shit oh, yeah. like that you assets whole, they give care about your credit what they look at how yeah, they they looked at all that but you have to fill out a financial statement of basically your entire life <laughs> you know what you own the values then they're gonna run credit checks and such so yeah the full workout. Just like if we were going to be getting a loan for a rental, but I don't have to fill out a, a financial statement for yeah for it was a, single a little family. bit more. But it no. wasn't horribly different. No, it wasn't terrible. It was a little bit more, but it wasn't. How much but did you have to put down? We had to put down twenty percent. That's not too so, bad. Yeah. yeah. So we need twenty or twenty five percent. I don't. I Again, remember. I suck at numbers. <laughs> 
from the time you got the deal, put in the application, all that stuff. Yeah, we, there was delays. There were a lot closing. of delays. Yeah, there were some delays. Uh, I think we changed lenders, and then um, I think we were trying to get the SBA debt, uh, Small Business Associ- Association. Um, I think we were too qualified. Like they didn't. We weren't going to hire employees, so they didn't like us. Hmm. It's kind of weird. Um, so we ended up going the conventional route. So you tried to do it as like a SBA loan first and right. then pivoted to a more traditional like portfolio loan, yeah. right? How long did it take to. to close altogether? Well, we were, I think we were ready to close. We wanted to close in April. Then there were delays. Like four or five different We delays. closed in May, like mid May, I think May yeah. 15th. So many months was that? A few months. A few months. Yeah. yeah. It took a little while. I mean, the, the seller was ready to go. I mean, he yeah, that wait. helped. I think, yeah, he wanted to move down south, I think, and retire. Was this like a value-add opportunity, like yeah. poorly run or not? Like- kind of poorly run, yeah. It was it was mostly occupied, but the rent was really low. And, uh, I mean, so far, Charlie's done fantastic Yeah, he jumped job. in and went to town. He's done some auctions. He's gotten people to square. I mean, some people were like five, 600 bucks behind. So he made deals with them. And so, I mean... We only we only owed the thing two months, and we were getting you know five hundred dollar worked you know worked out payments with these people. So I mean that's just all bonus money there. But yeah. he had to get cameras on the property. Um, so there was a Bring lot it of into the century. He automated basically. the property using software, so in a call center. So the other owner didn't have all that. So now it's basically the the best in the area now. So yeah, yeah it's interesting the way the economy is going where. You used to either do everything yourself or hire an employee, and now you can kind of outsource or automate <laughs> yeah. so Everything. many things. Like the landscape really has. I mean, don't get yeah, me wrong; the game is the same, right? But the landscape has changed dramatically on yeah. that stuff. So that's great. I mean, like I've said before, I think it's pretty boring, but that might be because I'm not Charlie wouldn't sure. agree. Charlie might not agree as <laughs> much. Because he's yet. doing more. Uh, I <laughs> generally. Approach things that I'm going to be passive or I'm going to run it. So I don't, uh, but I don't. Again, it was another partnership where they both knew what their strengths were. They knew what they wanted to do. And it, it came to was, a, and he lives near we were able one, to, so. yeah, we were able to come to that, those decisions very easily. If this would have been near me, I'd be running it. Yeah. That's just how, how it But works. just really clear cut expectations as far as you're doing this, you're doing this, put it in writing, let's go. And but ever since then, to, I mean, I've been, I've been looking quite hard for it. Uh, it's just hard to find them. They, well, you know. There are a lot less of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot less. And I think That's a good thing about single family. Like, don't get me wrong. You got eventually, <laughs> like, if you want to stack up 100 units, it's hard to do one at a time. Right. right. To your point, 106 units. That's when you find one. Yeah. But not as many opportunities, right? That's what I love about single family, but that's also what's bad yeah. about mm-hmm. single family, Double right? Sure. Yeah. You're picking them up a unit at a time. Instead you go, okay, well, I call it whale hunting, right? Or elephant hunting. <laughs> you're going out looking for the big beast, right? Yeah. And I mean, we would make more flipping single family, but it's active. Yeah. That's yeah. and tax disadvantage too. Yeah. yeah we, we've covered. Yeah. yeah. Especially as you get more and more successful, the write-off thing becomes a little harder uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Starts becoming a little bit of a like. Wait a second, what? You want yeah. what? Yeah. I need some more assets I could depreciate. <laughs> well, a lot of those mom and pop, <coughs> a lot of the mom and pops seem to be out in rural areas, and yeah. uh, 
I don't really want to travel two hours to my storage facility. It's just some, you know, I, we like to invest within 15 minutes of us. So. He doesn't like to go to the grocery store five like minutes away. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying shit. I designed my entire life, so I hopefully never have to be in traffic, well, right? I get mad whenever yeah. I have oh, to be. Like, I get yeah. it. I can't do the 15 minutes thing. Like, Jane, I probably spend four or five hours a day in a car, bare minimum, driving around, except uh-huh. for on podcast days. But <laughs> not in traffic if I can fucking avoid it. Not doing it. Life's too short for that shit. I get it. Pants, optional. You should just go to the grocery store without your pants no, on. And if they let fine. you. If they let you keep coming. (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. Don't encourage this shit. And you're laughing your ass off because you know we do it. Uh, Just going without your pants. Like what? What? Do you want me to go to the one five minutes down the road? You want me to come to this one and spend my money? I'm just kidding. Don't do that, Dave. Hey, somebody, one of my friends gave him permission to wear his maroon pants every time we met up for house stuff, and he did. And then her husband started doing it. <laughs> Dude, they're so comfortable. He's like, I can only come if I can wear my maroon pants. Yeah, like, I think Fine. you could order groceries online now if you want yeah. to. You don't have to leave. But when somebody outside of me gives him permission, thank you, Kelly, he actually does it. It's not good. <laughs> All right, wear pants. I was just kidding. Don't, uh, don't, don't not wear pants. But I do like the lifestyle thing, too, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Some people can't stand. I don't mind putting on a tie, but I never had to like go and do it. Well, somebody's right? not telling you to put a tie on. There's a difference there. There's a difference. You can you can do this thing how how you want to do this thing. So so now you're actively looking for storage units all the time, right? Yeah, Are you doing any direct mail, or is that what you're cold calling? Uh, cold calling, but um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to get some numbers for those things. Um, I had a friend pull some CoStar info, but it wasn't very accurate for apartments. And um, in fact, I got to tell this story. I went to Todd Chun. Todd Chun is so no. polished on the phone. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, he's good. It's Amazing. like a bowling ball. That's yeah. how polished the dude is. He's got the best favorite uncle clothes of all goddamn time. Yes. Like it's just I love them. polished yeah. like chrome. I want to sell them my yeah. <laughs> he's like, can we just sell Todd our house? No. And he's legitimately one of the nicest guys I know, oh, too. So this is far. not a lie either. No. This, he's not pretending to be your favorite uncle on the phone. This is just who Todd no. is. Yeah. I brought, I went to one of his boiler rooms. And Forced himself to go. The first number, he's like, I'll call. Well, you know, he was thinking up, because he knew I was coming, he was thinking up a way to kind of talk to somebody, a script on it. Because I think he wants to do that, but he hasn't been doing it. So he calls the first number. I swear to God, I thought we had a deal. And I think the guy had a 16 or 20 unit. And the guy, I thought the guy at first said, yeah, I want to sell. I could have sworn. And Todd said the same. He's like, yeah, I thought he was going to sell it. But then he kind of was like, well, no, I don't know. I'm going to just let the debt pay down for a little while. and then so. But I swear to God, the first number, I swear to God, I thought we had a 20 unit. I thought we were going to get a 20 unit. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> He's a killer. Is he is. He's a killer. You he give is. that man a shot. He'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, we're trying. I'm trying to get some numbers for that. But again, I'm I'm kind of nervous about it. So you know, I let my nerves get in my way of progress on that. Yeah. Don't think that he's come away from that. It's still, I, it's still he's getting better, and we've. Yeah. But it's definitely the nerves are still there. Anytime now, something Charlie new is savage with that. That dude. Yeah. We'll call all the storage facilities in the area, you know, whatever he's doing. And just, yeah, he's a caller. He's a cold caller. You know, he likes it. So. Have you thought about, I know it would require driving, but it's easy to cold call. This is kind of how I think, right? Like, what are the number of obstacles that are in the way of something and how can I overcome those obstacles? And I don't look at efficiency or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? What would be better than door knocking? 
go out to the shitty little that stab. That is one thing he has never done. What's go, go to these stores, especially these mom and pop ones. The ones who never pick up, the, like they've just given up, no time, right? Just get right in front of them, just kind of like on the networking oh, side. Go say hi to Do you have a problem talking? Like if, it, if you see, you eliminate the phone too. Yeah, if I if I go if it's uh, like if it takes more time, time, right? But. Yeah, yeah. It takes more time. But if I if I'm talking to them, I have because they're in. I mean, I, that's how I would perceive it in in person. It's different for me. Well, what if you you put together a list and then you went and drove them, and all the ones you can actually introduce yourself to? I think I'm hearing a challenge here. Dave. Are the ones you call back on the phone? Would you be as worried about calling them back on the phone if it was more like calling me because you'd met the no. person oh, in no, real life? Because now it's like a warning. I think we got a plan here, Dave. I, th- I think that's a challenge. We, see, we can formulate that. a plan to your strengths. Yeah. That will outcompete everybody too fucking lazy to go drive out and do it themselves. You just quit. Don't even call. Dave's just going to go get him. He's going to door knock him anyway. And you have to put pants anyway. on to go. Can we make that a caveat, please? Probably. It would okay. increase your odds of getting it, I you think. think apartments, too. Because a lot of the, those, the people that run their own buildings, they'll put for rent signs out. Yeah. And it's their direct number, so you can get to them. But again, it's their number. you got to find a way to get over that. Mm-hmm. Well, the more so obstacles there are... Then the way I think of it, well, they're just most people are going to quit here, right? right? What can I just skip to Z? What's the hardest thing I could do? Get in front of them. Okay, can I get in front of them? I don't think that makes as much sense on at least a lot of single family because the right. profit probably isn't worth like postcards would make yeah. a lot more sense. But I mean, hundred six units—that's kind of a whale thing, right? That's yeah. worth. I don't know. It would play to your strengths too, and I, don't, I, th- I think that would be a good idea. I think that'd be good. It'd be interesting to do. You can go out for I don't know how many you can do in a day or two or a week or something, right? I'm going to go out and and then just get in front of them, and then once you have it, you can skip trace them too. I can show you how to do that. <clears throat> Again, my network. There's a few people around here that hey man, can you help? Can you find this number? Oh, yeah. 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 I'll tell you who I use. I don't want to put it out here because I don't know if he wants me to blast to everybody who I use. I used to have one, but when I went listing, I didn't need the hundred bucks a month that they were charging me. So I let it go. But I know a guy who has, who has it and can get, and that's what I do. I just pay him and he, he sends it to me. So you don't have to go get your own account, but that's really, if you drove around and then use that, especially now that you're retired. Oh Yeah. You can put on pants. Time on you can put on pants twice a week and go out and drive around yeah, and go sure, check these sure, out. Yeah, I don't even need the pants to drive around. Oh True. Just if I have to get out of the car. Then yeah, put, put the pants on. It's going to be right? a great news story one day. Have you thought about a skirt, like a kilt, <laughs> or give you more freedom? It feels like you don't have pants on, He's but not you Scottish. still. Let's not. No. No kilts. God, I should All not right. Put the two of you in a room together. I know. I've been thinking about a man dress for years, and I haven't come out with the right thing. Lord but think about the me. freedom a woman has in a dress, and how impractical it is. How practical could we make a man dress? It might be the right time. Or a man's skirt. <laughs> Finally, 2019. Help. We can wear a dress, Dave. The time is coming. I'm only half That's kidding. Ring up there with the cat picture. Oh. I hadn't got to the cat picture yet, but I'm glad you brought that up. You guys also like <laughs> fucked up houses, oh, cat piss houses, we do. right? We do. That I'm was. How many cat piss houses have you done? A couple. We did, we did three in a row. Yeah, we did three in a row, but the the, the one first was two a doozy. I thought were cat houses really were just like the preemptive. That got us ready. 
That was like a little taste. That was like a tic tac. That was like five out of ten in cat yeah. piss like, house. Oh God, there's lots of cats we, and yeah, we ran into a actual cat order house, an actual one with cat paintings, with cat collage pictures in the basement walls. I love that picture. It's how big is that? that? That's it like was, five foot. Well, it by, no longer exists. It did was, have to be destroyed. Was like a four foot by six. Or something? It was six foot by five foot or something. Yeah, I could pull it up. I'm cat. still looking for a replacement, but you can't actually buy them. So, if anybody really wants to be my new best friend, get Find me a cat picture. That picture was hanging way up on the wall, and it had cat urine on the back of it. Because it was covered happen? by the horde. After nine dumpsters, nine 40-yard dumpsters of shit being pulled out. Man. And our contractor found it, and that's where that whole joke started. So, And it just went down. <laughs> it's one of the greatest, longest-running Metro Detroit real estate I, investor I jokes of all time. I should have videotaped that day because that day was so messed up. And we you didn't know. Thing. You didn't know. No, we but, didn't know. It was the first time. Now, I'm known at work in my teaching job. We have had a very long-standing guys versus girls prank war going on. There have been some really good ones. Um, women usually win. Um, but I've never gotten Dave in on something. And this one, it, we were just kind of like, oh, what if, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? And I'm like, let's do it. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, really, let's do we're it. We're doing it. And I got him to we're agree. And it was, it was more like, oh, my gosh, Dave's going to play with me. Like, this, we're going to do something fun. That house was Reed Starkey's and Garrett's house. That was the flip. It was right down the road from my flip. And Garrett really wanted the picture. So <laughs> who am I to not give him the damn picture? Ask and you shall receive, However, sir. However, when we borrowed both of my parents' cars and couldn't fl- fit it in my dad's flex because it was too big. I mean, we tried turning that sucker. We tried. Sorry, It's a big-ass picture. We didn't tell him what was all over the picture. And we tried to put it in his nice leased vehicle. But it didn't work anyways. So we had to go rent from U-Haul or from no where we rent from Home Depot. We rented the Home Depot. We had to rent a van. This joke is serious. And but then, but we did have to pick something up from Menards that day. So we actually took the Home Depot van to Menards to make a pickup as well. So we got a little bit of there. Got to be smart about this. We caught some shit from the Menards kids over there. They had a little bit of fun with that. So we did too. And then yeah, we went over and. And we actually, I mean, we went all out. Like I said, I, I've done some pranks before, so I knew, you know, I couldn't use my license to get in the house. And, and so we had to find somebody who we knew they didn't know. That's very. And bless her heart. She was prepared for the phone call that Garrett followed up with, with, well, how did your clients like the house? All she was doing was getting us in. So that, but she, she <laughs> helped us had, out. Garrett had an offer already. I think he called her. He's like, well, I already got an offer. So I need to know if you're going to offer. She played it. She texted me. He's like, I don't know what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> And then I thought it would be fun to just post it on the Facebook page. However, it took those two gentlemen quite a while to find it. Yes. So in the meantime, yeah. I don't know what possessed me to lay down on the fireplace. It's perfect. I don't know. Moment of genius. We all have our, we all get our 15 minutes in the sun, Dave. What's funny is I don't know what possessed him. I'm like, hey, do this. And usually he's like, oh my, like I can't even take a, we don't even take selfies because Dave doesn't like it. And it was like, no, I'll do that. And then here it is. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure there's a moment of greatness is here. At the ready on their phone. So it's been fun. How did he, did he actually have to go in and see it or just leave it there? How did he eventually like, well, no, I, we took all the pictures of it in their house. So they didn't know we were in there. And we took all the pictures. I even ran down the street because I saw somebody about seven or eight houses down to get a picture of us with the cat piss picture in front of their sign. So that like, if they didn't figure it out from the other pictures. And then I think I just posted on the, um, Metro Facebook page, the Metro Detroit investors, Facebook page, um, hey, you know, look into just something stupid. We're, we're redecorating. What do you think? And it was pictures <laughs> of this port. And the funny part was it took us forever because we had to be very careful because here's this nice, beautiful flipped house that we're in. And we have this horribly 
piss covered picture. Yeah, I didn't want to mess so we it like up. had Clorox, we had gloves, we had and we had to clean everything up. But um, so I just posted that asking for help with our you know decorating, and I think it took Garrett two hours to finally figure it out while everybody else is making comments and stuff. So it, I said, no, they'll figure it out eventually that we're in their house, and they did. So that was. And then Garrett, I think, hit save, and I think that's probably his number one picture in his phone. And it just anytime, I saved it. Anytime, it's just it's you can't go wrong with it. No we found out Tom saved it too. Yeah. No matter what day it's appropriate. Says, it's appropriate to bring up that picture. It just is. So yeah, and I laugh my ass of off every time I see it. So because yeah. it was like I said, I wish everybody could have been there with us that day because we had a whole lot of fun. It was a whole lot of stupid. Did you raise some syndication money with it? <laughs> Absolutely. And then we found out it was worth a real lot of money. Really? When they go for sale, they go for like $3,000. you got to be kidding no, me. No, I'm not. But we couldn't get it back out and take it back to the house because then we had to get, and I think we had to meet somebody else that day. So we And we couldn't leave it in their garage because it smelled so bad. So we actually had to destroy it. Yeah. And put it out so to the trash. we left it in the garage. Initially. But it stunk their garage. Yeah. Up, and they were going to have their home inspection. <laughs> Oof. So I went back over there and broke it up. I think yeah. we had an argument that day. <laughs> it was your job? That is how that shook out? I couldn't yeah. get it. It was wood, and I couldn't bust it open. So That's a good like, point. You have to. She makes a strong argument there. I think it there. was raining. And the last thing I want to do is to ruin their deal over there. Yeah, so we ended up destroying it. But I'm, I've, no joke, been looking for a new one, and it's like popped up. There's been one for sale in Pennsylvania, but it's pickup only because it's huge, so they won't you know, mail it out on eBay, but I can't find it. There's a veterinary office that has one in the area, but they won't sell it to me. You're making them offer? Yeah. Damn. She's just dead. You know what? You're going to really, find it. I, You're going to find it eventually. I hope. This I've is got the, the true local, needle in the like, haystack yeah. hunt we got going on over here. So if anybody has the cashmere painting of the cat, it's called cashmere. That's the name of the painting. I need it. And Dave will pay for it. <laughs> Up to $1 million. <laughs> pay for it. I don't give a shit how much it costs. I want that sucker. But yeah, so unfortunately, one million pesos. It would have been Wait, really how much fun is that? To continue that going and and take it to a few other places. I thought that would be fun, but just because it was so big, it was obnoxious. But that is pretty hard to. And the cat piss smell. There's just no getting that out. No. Oh. Once that's done. And that's the funniest done. thing was it was our contractor who saved it. Smart. He man. actually put it aside because he thought it was hysterical that somebody else wanted it. So it is hysterical. We shouldn't have had it in the first place, but I think it's hysterical. They bought it, then hoarded it, then hid it, then covered it in cat piss. That's, that's well, like I said, I think that's funny nine, too. And this was a pretty, I mean, it wasn't a very, what, maybe 1200 square foot ranch, 1100. And uh, yeah, hoarded from floor to ceiling. And then I think a total of 49 live cats were pulled out. I did not want to know how many didn't make it, but there were many of those too. That is crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. We keep running into cat. And before that, we've had, we bought a house across from a cat hoarder and had a transportation train going to get all of them spayed and neutered. And just because after the third one dead in the street, when I pulled up to our house, I'm like, oh, and it was some like, what, 98 year old woman and her 70 some year old son. And they were going to save all the neighborhood cats. So neighbor was trapping them and they were disappearing. So I said, well, let's. So we worked with a local organization and got those all taken care of. And so, yeah, apparently we like cats, (laughs) even though we're dog people. I don't know how this works, but I have five cats. A lot of people don't realize I have cats. I I did not know that. So did cats love Dave. And even if we're in a house and there's a cat there, the cat goes right to Dave. So people are like, oh, oh you're a cat person. I'm like, no, it's not. not. Really, but, uh, <laughs> I'll pet this thing. Yeah. So, but we've gotten deals done over cats. We've gotten, so yeah, I guess cats is our thing and we didn't pick it, but we'll take it. 
You guys ever going to buy catpisshouse.com or that'd be great. I just think that'd be such a It's available. I it showed you. It is available as a marketing opportunity. Uh, somebody else who checked. Joe checked. Joe. Joe, Joe Randall checked. checked. Yep. And it is available. Yeah. It's amazing what people do off the podcast sometimes and the text. I'm just going just when through. when you think somebody's normal. I'm just going through my day and all <laughs> of a sudden I get the this. text from Joe Randall. By the way. <laughs> Because oh, I never went and checked because I was going to go check, but then they brought up, I was like, you're right. That's probably some terrible porn site. I'm not going to check. And then there's Joe and he goes and looks it He's up. He's a sick I mean, fuck. He went it. and checked it out. He did the, He did our due diligence for us. See, this oh. is how far Joe will go, right? <laughs> so he will go make sure you were doing me. And it was available. So oh, I'm just imagine saying. Imagine that. It's, it's still available. You can wow. be the cat piss house people, you know? There's another challenge. How many cat pisses houses out there? There's got to be... There's got to be a lot of crazy old ladies. I'm saying this is untapped marketing potential right here. It's not all crazy old ladies, though. And you got the perfect cat picture for the marketing. Yeah. You could sit. It's like, sell your cat piss house to me. We I know. I like cat piss houses. Jesus. No, I, I might need to bail on this business thing. Well, you know, I mean, there was sleepless nights on it. <laughs> well, Jamie, you want to talk about rescuing. We actually were trapping. So animal control had gotten in. She was actually moving so that she could go to a city where there wasn't animal control. Because what she was doing was catching feral cats. And then putting them in her house. So they weren't nice cats. They weren't. No. They were, they were in bad shape. Um, so she was actually moving to a city so she could continue doing this. So she had taken and stolen all of the traps that the city put in to try and catch them. So she was using the traps, but she was transporting them to her new house. Damn. That's and, like a Viet Cong kind of thing. Oh, You're going to take amazing. your enemy's weapons and use them against them, right? It I'm going to keep amazing. hoarding well, these cats. animal control, and they go into some pretty gnarly houses. They wouldn't go into this one. So who gets to go in? Tara and Dave. So we were going in and trying to trap these cats. I'm working with Animal Control, who was wonderful because they obviously wanted to get things taken care of too. So we ended up having to go to the tractor store. We had to buy a bunch of our own traps. So we looked like morons there. Well, we need 20 cat traps. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? I'm like, no, we, we need a whole bunch of traps and you got them on sale. So we buy all these traps. We take them in. We have to full hazmat suit up to go in. Well, we would release the traps Fridays. And sometimes when our contractors started going in, and these cats wouldn't come out. I mean, doors open, windows open. They were that bad off that they didn't even know to come running to the fresh air. So we were catching cats for three and a half weeks, I think. So a couple of times we'd go That's on a weekend. Shit right yeah. There. So a couple of times we'd go on the weekend just to double check, and sure as shit, it's Friday night, and there's a cat in a trap. Well, now what are we going to do? Well, Dave will not leave the cat there. It's 95 degrees outside, which was also fun for the neighbors. We had to That's warn them. Terrible. Hey, we're opening up this house in 95 degree weather. You might want to shut your windows. And they didn't even have any clue what was going on in there. So that was interesting. But yeah, so a couple times we had feral, sick cats in our garage waiting for animal control guy to get back to us to say, yes, you can bring them in. So we had a few overnight guests in our garage tarped down because the smell was horrible. We took one to a vet. I mean, it was just, yeah. Sometimes it sucks to be an animal lover because we probably did way more than. How many times did you break down? Oh, God. Just because you was, know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. They're going to get yeah. checked out, but then they're going to get put They were all sick. I mean, neurological issues. It was, but yeah, it was miserable. But we would, I mean, it was, with with that said, we still wouldn't leave them in there when we trapped them. So it angers you that people do. Yeah. But then, you know, you know that the owner's, a, she's sick or something. Well, we had to because actually get her out of the driveway. Right yeah. But just, it's heartbreaking to do that. But on the plus side, animal control followed through. And even though she went to a city that didn't have animal control, we had enough on her that they were able to Good. file charges. Good. Yeah, because that was that was horrendous. That's not something I ever want to see again. sleepless nights on that one. But once we figured out how to get the smell out and everything, you know, now I want to do them because now I figured out how to do them. You know, but a lot of trial a and lot. error. 
I didn't really know anyone in the network that had done that bad. Of a I've never done a cat piss house. Yeah. I've done a lot of houses and not. Yeah. I've There's done, a, I've had like a few light cat piss basements. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? But that's not the yeah. same thing at or all. Or 10 cats yeah. or. Done one, that's not a cat bad, house. But, yeah. No. We thought it was. Yeah. The cat piss house you can't hardly be in or you can't be you, in at all. Once we yeah. opened sure, the uh, windows, anybody on the block could smell when it. When we first bought a picture, if you're a weightlifter or something, they got that, that smelling salt. It was like that yeah. when you'd open the door. Times I mean, 10. Immediate headache, wham. You know, and you just cannot be in there long. And uh, Luckily, we have an attached garage because yeah. we would come home, close off in the garage because they would either get thrown yeah, away. We had shoes that were because it was you couldn't avoid it. It was so bad. It was so bad. But the so, first, yeah. I remember the first time we we used basically sealed it off after cleaning it many times. Uh, we used oil based kills to get seal it off basically, like fire damage. I think they do the same thing. They yeah, very similar. Yeah, you want to uh, do it right. Yeah. Uh, you have to, right? Yeah. You got to put all that money yeah. in. What are you going to do yeah. over and I'm not again? Sure over. You got to make sure it's right before you go assembling it all. But the first time I walked in there, it didn't smell it. I was like, oh my God. It's like I ascended to heaven, right? We then did he it. He guessed himself. We Tara, did it. Come check this out. Does this smell you? And now, even how long <laughs> after? And it will still be walking around. I was like, I fucking smell cat I piss. I'm like, God, there's no cats. It's like, it's like a smell in my brain now. Like, I walk into Lowe's <laughs> over in the lumber section. And there's something familiar with that smell, and it, it comes back to me. It's and it's way worse out. than anything else, like oh, dog yeah. piss, human piss. No, I don't know what it is about cat piss. It's yeah. foul. It's foul, foul, So we learned foul. a lot of things on that, but I don't think there's anything we couldn't take on now because of it. I think and we thought we were damage would be the, maybe harder, that but was, I don't know. That was the one house that Dave was actually ready to bail on partway yeah, through. Yeah, there was a time and, I was like, let's just sell it and get rid of it because I And I said, nope, let's, let's do this. Yeah, I can't figure it out. I had, but I had quotes a couple of guys that do the restoration of those, like the the biohazard restoration, you know. And they they're like, no, oil based kills. And I was like so hesitant to do it because once you do it, you can't clean anymore. So you know, you've we had, had three other companies. So come if in that and clean. doesn't work, then what do you do? But I said, no, it's it's got to work. If you know, when I'm online, everyone on the, I could find on other message boards is yeah, oil based kills. I like how risk adverse you are, but you still made yourself do a cat piss house, which is an I, enormous I risk, it, right? At that point, I was so pissed. I'm like, no, you're seeing this through. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're doing you this made, cat you made the house. kid finish his football season. You're finishing <laughs> yeah. this. I like that. Yeah. So it worked out, though. I mean, we did well on it. Again, the market yeah, kind of saved it. We had that house for a year, so the market went up. So, I mean, we would have only made about half. We would have still made money because we bought it at such a good price. But we made double what we would have made if we would have actually done that project in three or four months. So actually, it worked out, but again, the market kind of bailed us out of that one a little bit. The but, cat piss picture was, but yeah, it just it makes it that's all what I'm saying. That. If you could put together an awesome direct mail campaign for cat piss houses <laughs> with that picture, that get very like, disturbing. I I, I would who could do that? I would be worried just about what that you. would do to my teaching career. But at this point, your I don't know. Like yeah. this. I'll buy it. <laughs> See how much I love your cat piss house? I'll pose with your photo with your cat piss photo. We need to scratch and sniff. If your house smells like this, we might be interested. But yeah, no, that was that was good times. And he bought that one right along with another really bad one that we had a first on. So he went, yeah, from being risk averse to jumping in full force two houses. Well, expand the horizons, right? So now everything. Now I, I after those two, I I love that I'm just dealing with shitty houses. (laughs) <laughs> now it seems so easy. That's right. I think I feel the same way about the military. Like, what do you think? Uh, like, everything else has been easy. Yeah. Everything else. We there's something to be said for that, right? Like, now you've you've set your set mark way. Oh, that's shit. <laughs> I 
could spend more than five minutes in this house. This ain't bad at yep. all. Oh, we yeah. had we had guys come in, contractors come in, and we were to the point where I wouldn't put the hazmat suit on. I didn't have, and they'd be like, "No, I can't even get near the door." And I'm like, "Come on in." And we're standing in the house. I'm like, "Wow, we've really lost our minds." Apparently, yeah. this is you do become used to like it takes a minute, but you can become yeah. a little bit more used to it. But we so. were over there so much catching my, the cats and my poor, my poor contractors having to clean all that. Up. Hey, it's good for the economy, man. Yeah. What are you talking uh, about? Like, and they are also there. happy when we find a house that's not in horrible conditions. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I never had anything that bad, but like that moment you're talking about where you're breaking down, there was a moment where I really broke down. Oh, I lost it. Gina and I drove to a house. We were just doing a favor for a friend in rescue who's no longer a friend. Mm-hmm. And it, we were supposed to be picking up three puppies from a police officer. And we're like, okay, we'll do it. She didn't have a car. Can you go pick them up, drive them to the vet? And then I have people who are going to adopt them, right? So we go to this compound. And I thought I had a compound, but this guy has a compound. It's like 16-foot fence all around his house, mm. wooden fence. He's got the extra lot. I'm like, this is weird. We go in. So you go in. I go in. <laughs> He's a cop, right? I meet the cop, and I know there's something wrong with him right off the bat. And he brings out these puppies one at a time. They are skinny, mm-hmm. starving, covered in shit and fucked up. Like they were fighting each other down there. And yeah. I, he brings up one. I'm like, I take it. I hand the Gina. I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? He brings up number two. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, I literally look at him. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Wow. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what the fuck happened to him? He's like, well, you know, it's so it's so hard to to feed them. So I walk down into his basement Uh-oh. for the third one because I'm angry right. and I want to know. And I wish I hadn't. Mm. I walk down there and the basement is covered with shit. Mm. I saw the other puppy, and what he was doing was he was just throwing some food in there, and it wasn't enough so food. They were- the puppies were fighting each other, covered in shit, and. I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. I gave him a withering look. I got in the car and it was the first time I had a panic attack. Mm -hmm. We were driving and I'm like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, I'm not feeling good. I'm starting to get a little lightheaded. Like this, this whole thing. I'm starting to have flashbacks to like my childhood and shit. Can't process it. I go into the vet. We get through. I tell them I'm like plotting revenge on this guy. I'm how I'm gonna mm-hmm. fucking kill him or something shit like that, right? And then on the drive home, it's getting worse. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sorry, Gina. I, I had an appointment. We're gonna go. I'm like, I ha- I can't yeah, go to this appointment. Like, I I feel terrible. We got to go home. She's like, okay, I'll go. It's like I'll drop you off at home. <laughs> and, I'm, and as she's driving home, I've never had a panic attack before at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening. I barely get in the door. I'm like, I'm going to fucking pass out. I don't know how I'm going to pass out, but I know my body's like, I barely make it to the bed. I don't think I passed out very long. Right. And then I came to on, to shut down for a on the bed. And then I went to Google and figured out what, what actually, yeah, it, I had, I don't know how I would have done the cats thing. Like I legitimately I, well, had a panic I, attack. The, the one time that I think that I really lost my shit was actually in the emergency vet's office. Because it was on a Friday. It was one of those Friday nights where he had to pull one out. And he was very clearly in distress and couldn't get, I think, animal control couldn't get him till Sunday. And they were, you know, obviously open Monday through Friday, but they were working with us on the weekends. And I called around. And unfortunately, I mean, we knew this this cat needed to be euthanized. But it was to the point where it was in such bad shape. That needed to happen now. Yeah. 
And so we called around, found some place. I think we drove an hour out. Mind you, yeah, we drove. we've got windows down. We're in my car. Luckily, it's not a fancy car because the car was covered and shit. And uh, one place told us they would do it. So we went out there. Well, lo and behold, they decided they wouldn't. And we had to take the cat back. My and God. I... Because of liability. Uh, yeah. Because it's not our can. And I understood it. They don't it. know if we're just bringing the neighbor's can. Yeah. So I like understood was, it, you know, but can, I broke down. Yeah, cats are... I lost you it. Know, cats are clean animals, and these cats were just covered in crap. Yeah. And so now I've got the vet's office. They're all coming out to comfort me, and I'm just like, you know... Then I'm just a whole nother ball of emotions. Like, no, this... I'm not looking for the attention. It's just... But it was... It killed me because we couldn't even end this cat suffering... You know, so yeah, I, I love all it animals, was, but with dogs, if I'd have seen that, I'd have been the same way. I'd have been, I would have just, I don't know if I would have gotten so mad, I'd have just screamed at the dude or something. But I'd have got the same, I get the same way. You know, how can these are innocent animals and they're just to no fault of their own being oh, abused? And we, like I mean, we've run across just, people. I've, it's another yeah. conflict that I have run across was being a teacher. I'm a mandated reporter. We have been in houses, as I'm sure a lot of people have, yep. where kids are being mistreated. We had um, we ran into a situation um, locally where a woman literally was done and was selling her house and was leaving her special needs adult son in it. And that was, I think that was the one time Dave actually told me to leave a conversation because I was ready to let loose on the woman that owned the house because she happened to be standing in front of me. And at that point, when we knew it was going on and we knew it was happening, um, yeah, I, I got sent away and I... I went because I was going to lose my shit, and I'm not one to. No, go we in were that meeting people but, at their worst but times was, of their lives, that, and this is the shit that happens, man. And that did it to me because I, I just sometimes if I can't wrap my head around you being that evil of a person, I'm going to have a problem. So Dave said, "Go to the car." I did because <laughs> it wasn't going to be anything good after that, and and luckily that worked itself out. But um, you know, it was just it sucks to see that side of life sometimes, and unfortunately, we run into it a lot. I actually went on one wholesale appointment where I didn't report the lady, but I actually gave her money because I thought she was yeah. trying. This was the saddest shit ever. She bought this house at a tax auction with all her worldly possessions, and the she couldn't afford to fix the sewer, and the sewer backed up, and she didn't have enough money for electricity. So when I came in on this wholesale appointment, she's living in this house with six kids, mm-hmm. no electricity, and the entire basement is full of sewage water course i couldn't pay her anything and it was worth nothing and nobody was going to pay anything for it and i had to be the one to tell her that and it was i didn't have much money at the time but i opened up my wallet and i gave it to her and i walked out i thought about reporting her there's a difference between somebody who's trying and somebody who's evil yeah and i was also i mean i grew up hard and i saw what happened to people who did that and a lot of times it's out of the pot and into the fire too and i had the impression i hope i'm not wrong that she was really making an effort, but that was another bad one too, where you go and you're just like, man, what do I do with this? Like I, I have to do something, but it was, am I going to make it worse or am I going to make it better? And and that was, that was a hard one too. I just like, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm like here. Yeah. We've, we've done stuff like that time and time again, but it's just, that's the only time I've ever done it. Just that one time. It's, it's it hit me in the to, fields. I saw all those kids and I the smell of sewage. And I was just like, oh, my God. Well, go back to the animals. We had another where they were very young kids and, and we tried to work with them and it didn't work and they weren't trying. And, and I did take it to a different place. But um, it was, you know, they were breeding dogs. They were breeding Rottweilers. Yeah. And it was not sanitary for the dogs, let alone for the kids. And, yeah, it's it's hard. You lose sleep over that, especially with what I do for a living. It's I. 
I see enough of that and to walk in and see that somebody is doing it on purpose and they're okay with it and they don't take the resources that you're trying to give them, that's hard for me. Yeah, The children and the animals thing is really hard. You know, yeah. as an adult, I mean, I've done it, right? You can fuck up your own life. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, what am I going to do? Get involved in your life? Unless you're a criminal. Yeah, not everybody lives the same way. It's yeah. that's fine. I try, I try and like not have judgment, not pass. Right. I try and come in with no expectation. Yeah. We've all been there at some point in our life, but some of them are definitely yeah harder than others. The kids one and the animals one. That's where it's always like, oh my god, this is yeah. terrible. Or the old people. I did. Um, oh, I, I lied. I lied. So I did. See, I'm a nice guy. I did something. <laughs> Wow. This was another one. This is when we first got here. I forgot about this. How the fuck did I forget Ooh. about this? Well, then this? we need to hear about it. This is a, this is a good one. Um, we were first doing the tax auction sale, our first tax auction sale. And I remember it was on Kentucky too. We door knocked this house on Kentucky because if they're occupied, what we were doing is door knocking and seeing if we can come in and take a look at it. But also what we were doing is we were being transparent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're real lives, but blah, blah, blah. so anyway, I door knocked this one on Kentucky because it looks pretty decent from the outside. And when I door knock it, this old man opens up the door and the stench that comes out mm. is just awful. And he's like old, old, old. And I'm like talking to him like, hey, um, I, this is going to be really weird. I, we'd print the list. This is before really yeah. cell phones had screens. I'm like, but and I hate to tell you this. I'm sure you're aware, but you're losing your home to taxes. And I think it was like three days. So this is before that you're losing your home, to taxes, the three days I'm considering buying it at the tax auction. And I know this seems strange, but I was wondering if I can come in and take a look at it. Maybe we can work out some sort of a deal. And the old man just broke down crying. I was not prepared for that. He, he was old, old too. He just broke down crying. So I came in and immediately noticed there's rope all around the house. And I'm like, what is this? And then he has a blind wife. He, they were so poor and he's so old, he can't help her and lift, but she can't see. So he had to set up ropes around the house so she, she can follow the rope to do anyway. Oh. We actually wow. called, we got a, I actually, this is back when you could, you yeah. could call and I got him on the phone with the treasurer and they at least didn't lose it that year. I don't know what happened to to that one. And wow. it, it's funny because then the only thing we ended up buying at the tax auction was this piece of shit on Sorrento where I drove by and it was fine. We go buy it for $4,500. We drive back on the way home. And in the six, seven hours we were gone at the auction, somebody had busted out the glass block window on the side, stole the shit out of the middle, but didn't turn off the water. The water... There had to be a problem uh-huh. with the sewer. The water was pouring out the window. And I'm like, well, that's not that big of a deal, right? I just turned the water off because we had a key. The, it was rusted. Oh. Would not turn. I had contractors go over, put like heat on it. like, <laughs> but like, cause, And I'm calling the water department every single day to come turn the water. I don't know if they ever turned the water off. Wow. Three weeks went by and it was so full of mold and all the wood was warped. And I was like, well, I'm not getting shit out of this. Now I just walked away from it. Jeremy for the win. So yeah, I I let this old couple know I saved their house. I definitely would have made money on that one. Then I went and fucked myself with this one. And that carver came back at you. Oh, wait. Our first tax auction experience was not the best. (laughs) It was uh, was a little rough. That reminds me of the the one talking about not being prepared. We got a call for off market and it was not unusual at all. Beautiful house. Probably the biggest, most expensive house in a nice area in Downriver. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, we walk in, and Dave's talking, and I'm talking. It was an old gentleman. I think he was he was in his 90s, and he was talking about his wife just died two weeks ago. And, you know, the house was in great shape. It was very clean. You could tell they hadn't been updated in a while, but whatever. So we're talking, and he's showing us the house. And Dave and I are kind of going through. We're there for a while because sometimes you just need to visit with people, and that's okay, too. We like that. So he needed somebody to visit with him. So we visited with him and we left and we're kind of looking into it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, this is weird. And then I think our first clue was he called like two days later and it was like Groundhog's Day. Dave's having the same conversation with him. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. So I start looking into it. Well, the wife had actually died months before. This man was ready to sell his house and we're thinking this isn't. So I start going, okay, somebody's going to take advantage of this guy because I know if we're mailing to him, others are mailing to him. And I know not everybody's nice enough to not take advantage of that situation so because if we wanted to get a signature we could have we could have gotten it in a hot second and uh so i start looking around well he's got family in the area i finally call family get a hold of i'm like on facebook trying to find people here i'm you know stalking this poor family granddaughter i think finally gets a hold of me on thanksgiving day they had no clue that he was contacting anybody they had no clue and it turned out there were no safeguards in place so we had actually helped them walk through how to get everything secured so that grandpa didn't give his house away so that he couldn't. And it was just so sad. Cause I'm like, you know, thank God it wasn't somebody walking through the door that would have taken advantage of him. Cause it would have been, yeah, he had Alzheimer's and he, there, the family didn't even know he was coming from where they had put him to live to this house to talk to people and to, and he was just the sweetest man. But I'm like, you know, put safe, Gina and I have safeguards in place. We do. We have multiple. Yeah. That will, That's unless we're why. very unlucky and like multiple people die at the same time, we're pretty covered. People don't think about that. No. We didn't think about that until we started doing this business. No, and you see it again. You see you it all the time it, and you're and like, oh you. my God. Because that could be you. And you know what happens to people, right? They you see it. It happens all the time. They'll, yep. they'll do something like that. Their family doesn't even know. Nope. Uh, I had a guy I actually signed that I let out of it because I realized after he signed, um, he, I don't think he was diagnosed, yeah. but he had to have some sort of Alzheimer's or dementia yeah. too. And I'm like, it's not worth it. I know I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do like that. Like I said, deal. you got to sleep at night. No, that's, that's not, no, I'm not taking advantage of mentally ill people no. to, to get a deal. You know, no. that's just not, that's not going to happen. Don't do that folks either. Don't if you're going to do that, do the right Please. thing. Carmel yeah. If you yeah. want to know why people fucking hate us sometimes, uh, you yes. know, you, I'm not so, I, I understand completely, yeah. right? We all know, we won't mention names. We all know those people who don't give a fuck and will go in and, and do it, it. It's so easy. It's surprising to me how easy it can be to take advantage of so many people in so many different situations. It's, I, I can see it. I've also Scary. paid a few sellers way more. Yeah. I can't, I, that seems weird to say, especially being the capitalist pig that I am. But you have a heart, Jeremy. How much money did I? And I made good money. I was like, <laughs> how much? Like, no, I could pay you way more than that. And they're yeah. like, really? I was like, I thought it was bad. It's like, well, yeah, it was bad. But it was like four years ago. It's not that bad now. Yeah. Well, I think this is what I can do. They're like, really? I've done that a couple times you too. Try. Probably made them happier than you would, than you could believe. Yeah, there's no way I was going to do that to them. No, right? Like, there's no reason to do it. No. And that's what you know. You always try to do that. I mean, sometimes things get fucked up, and you just can't help it, and it happens to all of us. But you got to at least try to do the right thing all the time. Yeah, I would have made like how much would I, I would have made like an extra 30 easy. Yeah. I've done that. I will say this though. I've had lots of problems in my life, but the money problem, I've been very fortunate that way. 
from as far back as I can remember, I've never done anything for money. So like, I don't, I don't get trapped. So we can't put you on the cat piss. I don't, I don't get, I don't get trapped by that. Like the, the, the people who's like, that's a lot of money. I should go like do something like that part. I've never, so that's, that part's always been easy for me. Well, no, other things have been a real struggle. Yeah, but you know, like, like I used to be very, um, this is embarrassing, but I used to be very judgmental when I would Mm -hmm. go and, you know, do these things. And I'm not proud to say this, but like, you know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. right? Where like, I am so much better than, you know. I don't do that anymore, but you know, so I had that problem that I had to deal with. So we all have our own problems. If you're the one who's got that money problem, I would say put in, put in a backstop to protect yourself from doing stupid things when you, when you encounter these, these kind of things. If you, if you just do the right thing every time, then, then you don't have to worry. And it feels good too. Some of it's a pain in the ass though. I do got to say like it is, but it's always interesting. So I always said I didn't want to have a desk job, and I don't. And it's different every day. Desk job. It's a that's the greatest thing about this. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; they're all the same problems, but they're all different enough that yeah, Yeah. it's you're not doing the same thing over and over again in the same way. I love that. Not Office Space or Groundhog Day. (laughs) I like to use. Do you guys ever watch Groundhog Day? That Bill, yeah, that's well, it's old enough now. Sometimes when I tell it to people, they're like, What are you talking about? Same day over and over again until I want to shoot myself in the head. No, thank you. My teaching job, I don't, you know, it's we always joke that we have desks and we shouldn't because we're never at them. So I like that part of that job. So why wouldn't I like that part of doing real estate that it's always something different? And well, that's a great segue. What is the plan when you quit next year? Not even a half second pause. Wow. He's been waiting the whole time for me to ask that question. Dave goes fishing. I'll be cold calling is apparently. There you go. You can cold call while you fish, Tara. That's all right. You mean I can cold call while Dave fishes? (laughs) No, No, I think, I mean, because at this point, you know, I I go to my teaching job. Like I said, it's my head's there and and it's not anywhere else. But I'm done by 3.30 in the afternoon. So the rest of my day, I mean, sometimes I don't get done until 11 or 12. So I think it'll just, I'll actually have some more time on my hands for myself, whereas I don't now. But what, Do you have any goals or aspirations or things you've been thinking about? Or are you just more like, I'm going to get this done and then look at it? Outside of real estate in general? or No, just once you're done. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you, do you have any real estate goals that yeah, once you can do a full time that yeah. you're looking forward to doing? We do. I haven't really figured out what those are quite yet. That's something we've had a lot of discussion about lately. Um, just in general, we've, you know, like you said, we kind of start out, this is what we're going to do. Then we're going to do this. But now we're to the point where it's actually hard trying to figure out what our plan is because we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves. So yeah, we've, we've been bouncing some ideas around. Um, I just don't know what we're going to do yet. I want to throw a hat in the ring. Okay. If you want to do the retail agent thing, okay. I got a good deal over here. Do you? I do. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with you. But I like you might you might have to scratch your own itch too. So, I will not take it personally if cuz like me, I like I think everybody should scratch their itch, yes. right? But if you want to blow up the retail side i'm in a unique position that's one of the things i learned from joe and renee that the massive growth part that i just 
copied and deployed. One of the reasons why I worked with them so much too, besides the fact that I love them and they're great people. Yeah. yeah. I would love to work with you. So no, if I, you don't I, want to scratch your own itch and do your own thing. I, well, I, I, to be very honest, we don't know what I want to do yet. Is that weird to say? No, we that's why know. I wanted to throw the hat in the ring. So do, I didn't miss yeah, the opportunity no, when it we came. Do, you know, obviously we're doing this together. So we do, you know, I have no problem saying it's a we decision. Um, it's not because my husband rules me or any of that crap. Um, but we, we your team, yeah, you're a team. He tries. I know. I know. I'm married too. I understand the dynamic. I very much, um, put a lot of weight into Dave's ideas and, and his opinions and, um, where we're going with this business. We just, I think we know we're up for a lot of change and we don't know what that looks like right now. So at this point I am keeping a lot of options open. Cool. I think that's um, the best way to do it. I, too. I have to, because who we, knows what's going to happen next well, year. Here's the thing we don't know. And we I put know. myself into the position to really do what I want to do. I just honestly don't know what that is right now because I'm still grappling, grappling with the idea of leaving teaching. That's yeah. that, you know, I, how I, long has that been now? How many um, years I've been in my position now? This will be my 12th year. Um, I was in another district for a little bit before that. Um, but you know, just going back on a personal level, um, you know, I was married prior to Dave, believe it or not, that was a bad decision in my life. Um, however, my son came from it. And so I was a young single mom at 18 years old, um, getting divorced and had dropped out of high school. Um, so I was doing nothing with my life at that point. And, uh, but I knew I wanted to do something because I wasn't going to be the statistic. I, that wasn't going to be me. I'm and like you said, you know, you turn into a bull. That was one of my situations where I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something. So of course the thing to do was go to school. So I got back, went to college. I worked my ass off as a single mom with the help of my parents. Thank God. Um, but I worked my ass off to get my degree and then I got more degrees and then I got a job that I loved and things have just changed. And, within teaching itself and then with having this other side of our lives where we're doing all this real estate stuff and having success with it. Um, I'm having a hard time changing my life. I mean, just to throw it out there, it's a big change for us. Um, you know, we've talked about me quitting my job. I was actually going to quit before Dave did, but they offered him a buyout as a teacher. I'm never going to get a buyout. Um, so as exciting as it is and as much as I want to do it, it's scary. It's hard to let go of the thing that saved you too, it isn't is. it? And that's exactly what yeah. it is. Because I worked my ass off. Yep. I, I proved everybody wrong. I did what I wanted to do. And and I will always have a love of teaching. Unfortunately, it's not where you can just go into your classroom and teach all day. There's so much more to it. And I yeah. can't handle that anymore. And yeah. now, reality, I, I have an out. And it's unfortunate because my teaching job is not interfering with our real estate business. To any extent. So I could continue doing it. It's just been really hard to kind of wrap everything around and, and figure all that out. And I hate it. I really have a hard time with that. You know, that's something I've been worried about for a long time that I don't talk about much. I'm not going to talk about it long here, but there have been several professions, teachers, cops, where, yes, there are bad people, but things have swung so much. I worry about getting any good people in there anymore, right? I like, will agree with you. The, the, the politics and the political religion that goes down into these things when it should just be, and I'm not trying to be idealistic, but you're mm -hmm. supposed to be teaching children for, for the future. And the reality is we're not in a good spot for really anybody and the political will to do anything about it is just not there. And somehow, somehow everybody's being demonized. Yes. And when that happens, 
when you got to work that hard about something and then nobody appreciates you and then all you get oh, is it shit, kills then it really does. Good people who have better options are fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, are going to go do different things. And that leaves less for everybody else. I've as actually, not only do I understand, I actually worry about it too. Yeah. Like it's the thing that saved you and became your new life. That wasn't your old life. And it wasn't, you know, I, I and now you got to let that go. Something to do. I went into teaching because yeah. I wanted to teach. My parents were teachers. I was raised around it. I went to school with them. That was what I wanted to do. And I loved it. I still love most parts of it. I really do. And, and, you know, give me the kids, give me my coworkers all day long. We kick ass at what we do. I work with some amazing, amazing people, but when all the outside forces come in, it kills your soul. When that's, you know, nobody goes into teaching or any of these other professions that you mentioned to make money. To make no, money. no, you it's don't. Not, I mean, yeah. yes, you expect to make a, a decent living, which ironically, most people who are coming into it can't even do now. Um, but it's, it's definitely a huge shift in my life that one, if you would have asked me five years ago, would have never been on the table. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, you know, you, you factor in all of the relationships that are affected with it. And, and it's, it's just scary. I don't like to admit that out loud, but it is. The so. only reason I don't worry more is I see the positive side of it too. Like you getting out there and the market with the tools we have now, who knows how, how all these dispossessed individual people who have this angst and a desire to solve it. Mm-hmm. Never before have there been more tools to solve these problems too. And not just collectively, but individually, right? Never in a time in history has one person had more power than you can possibly have now. So the only reason it doesn't keep me up more at night is I know all these angry people and disappointed. (laughs) They're going, they're still thinking about it. They're doing different things. And now there's more and more tools to do something about it too. So that's the only reason I'm not in a panic, but... Makes you look at life and the world in general a whole lot differently. Like and if people start treating nurses like that, we're fucked. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think people understand how corrosive yeah. no. this could be no. to to just society in and general when it happens. Don't get me started on public education and where that's gone. I mean, it's you know my brother-in-law's a public school teacher. His kids are homeschooled. Yeah. Well, dude, that ship sailed 45 years ago and it died slow and now it's dying fast. And like it's sad. don't realize it though. That's the sad yeah. part. So, it, you know, you used to be able to walk into a classroom and think you're going to make a difference. I don't feel that every day now and mm. I can't do it. I, I, I hate that I don't feel that anymore, but it's just, there's too many things working against you. There's too many things working against the system. There's too many things working against the kids. That's hard to wrap your head around. Well, I can tell you when I went through it and this is hard to say. Nobody gave a shit about me. And this was a long time ago. And I had every red flag, a teacher or somebody in a position of power who's supposed to protect and take care of children, all ignored pretty much. all. Yeah. So like as a matter of experience too, like even before the uh, the, the politics, when, when that's happening, you yeah. know there's something and, wrong. And the sad part is being in it, and I, I'm in a position where and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, so it doesn't matter, but I was in the center-based program, so it was all special ed students within the school, ages 3 through 26. That was it. There was no gen ed. So I was there for 10 years, and then I got transferred to a classroom that was still a special ed room but is within an elementary school. So it's kind of been an interesting thing to see how all these things work. But when you just take the people, when you take the teachers, when you take the staff who are working with the kids, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what these people are doing 
day in and day out that nobody sees, that nobody realizes, but then you also see the other side that they're getting pounded and don't have the resources that they need. So they can't do for these kids. And it's just, it's, it's hard. It is. This is one where I could actually use the word and it's true. It's actually systemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, and absolutely. even in places where there's more money, it's still not as good as it used yeah. to be. It's just no. down and everywhere. Just the whole mindset of yep. society in general and what people think and what's really happening and, and things that are happening behind the scenes and all the common core. Don't get me started again. This is a real estate podcast. Yeah. But I get yeah, excited though, too, because I was a sad, lonely kid and libraries. And after school activities saved my life. Yeah. I'm a little bit more positive now because think about what a motivated individual can learn on their own oh, now. Gosh. Like yeah. I had to wipe out shitty little elementary school library is the only one you have access yeah. to. Your world is just so small. It's just teeny tiny. You're getting like a little sliver yeah. of what's out there. Now with the internet and YouTube and podcasts and all these additional tools. I obviously don't think we figured it out by any stretch of the imagination, but at least now an individual who is motivated is in a way better position to do something about it. So even though things have gotten worse, I also look at that and go, well, there's some opportunity here that didn't exist before, which is why I'm not quite in despair. Well, we've taken advantage of it as adults. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine getting into that? I think we fast forward 20 years from now and like college is same position, right? Like this is – it's a revolution of sorts, right? And infra- as kind of hope it is as yeah. more radical than the printing press, and right. more radical than than television, more radical than cable. N- now the internet is just going to, for better or worse, destroy yeah, I mean, and just- remake so many things. Yeah. I'm more hopeful than I am about it. Cause I know what I've been able to learn. Right. I didn't go to college. Yeah. I learned all this from people and getting on the internet and all this other shit. So I'm a smidge more hopeful for kids. Cause I was like, what if I could have gone on the internet? Well, and that's the thing, Dave and I have talked about this to no end. You know, we're at a point in our lives now where we're not, I mean, I'm, I turned 40 this year. I'm starting to feel like I might be an adult um, getting there, but it's like, okay, we did all these things. I kicked ass. I got my degree as a single mom. Dave went and, you know, got his degree as a great job we're hitting 40 and now we're not going to use any of that shit. How does that make sense? But it's, yeah, like I said, it, you, it, what we're doing with this business side of it has turned everything on its head. So it's, yeah, we talk about that all the time, you know, on the college debt that you come out with and the, you know, it's like, don't go to, now I want to, Dave actually tells everybody, don't go to college, don't go yeah. to college, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just a different way of looking at things, but it definitely opened your eyes to what the possibilities are for young people. Well, I think the future is bright when it comes to education. How we're going to get there, though, this shit is messy. Yeah. I it definitely, I feel bad that you did you feel like you have to leave, but at the same time, I'm a little excited because as sad as it is to close one door, yeah. there's that whole other polar opposite where there's a lot of excitement it's, and it's equally an adventure exciting, and yeah. opening a new and scary, frankly, yes. right. Absolutely. Right. So you're not supposed to do this. You got a year. <laughs> I guess you don't have to, right? But like it is no, sad you gotta close the one door, but man, just imagine what you can do when you open that door and you're just full time. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm but, looking forward to it very much. It's just like I said, I, I you know, I don't 
like hearing, you know, those of you who you were kind of thrown into the fire and you have to do this because that's how you're going to literally survive. And I, again, I'm very lucky that we're not in that situation. Um, but it's kind of neat to be able to choose what you want to do. It's, there's something to that, you know, and it makes it exciting for sure. So. Yeah. And the more responsibility you take, the more options you have too. Yeah. So take more responsibility folks. Is there anything you want to talk about and or plug that we haven't already talked about it or something you want to plug? I know if you got a cat piss house, you got to sell it to them, sell to them at a good deal too. I'm talking a really good deal. They will buy that. If you got storage units, they want to buy that. We, we kind of want to buy everything, I think. Anything that's a good deal downriver, preferably. Um, obviously, with commercial, if it's a little further away, we can deal with it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. We like staying downriver. That's where we are. That's We're trying we to, to I'm trying to scale rehabs so that I can keep more, but also flip some more, too. So it's kind of cool. We're trying to just get it going. So more deals and... Uh, I don't really want to plug anything more so than just thank you and everybody else um, who we've interacted with over the years, because without you guys and giving us the pushes and the knowledge and the support, we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't be where a, we're at here. There's just a lot of great examples around us that are probably taken for granted, really, but these, some of these, they are, are I yeah. don't, but yeah. they are. Yeah. And they I'm not going to sit and name people, yeah, but they, they you know, know who you are and, and we appreciate that very much. And they don't know that we watch, you know, yeah. some of them probably don't know we're paying attention to them, but we are, I mean, just a lot of amazing investors around here that yeah. and we don't want to take that for granted. So always thank reminds you. me of how little we're doing compared to them. So there's always somebody with more, somebody. I with love more. it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's great. You know, I think we, here in Metro Detroit, I mean, don't get me wrong, we got a lot of problems, but I've traveled around America and, and we don't want to be anywhere else. We have a very strong, highly competitive, I will point out too, this is one of the most competitive real estate areas too. We have some of the most opportunities too, but this is, we have a pretty tight yeah. group here in Metro Detroit and a lot of different real estate meetings we can go to and just. We are very fortunate with all the yes. opportunities we have here for that. That's actually the, one of the reasons why we moved here is to be exposed to that. And I'm really glad we did. Yeah. That works for me very well, seeing We're what other people are doing too. too. So <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like it, right? Fast forward and it, and it yeah. all worked out, but no, it's, it's definitely its own beast. But yeah, I wouldn't want to be doing this anywhere else or with anybody else. Oh, that's so cute. You can pay me later. <laughs> you got to pay every day, right, Dave? That's how it works. Got to put the coins in the machine. Uh, or Amazon right. Prime. but that's That works, too. I do like it's shopping without shopping. It's one of the greatest things ever. So easy. I can't wait till they drone it to my house. That'll be the – I don't even have to wait and go pick it up. Are you kidding me? Like, Yeah, just sign me yeah. up for that shit. Yeah. I don't care what I'm it costs. No, it <laughs> I don't have matter. to shop. Hey, I actually <laughs> But I get my prime half off because my child who has a .edu email gets it for half off. There so. you go. Have more kids, send them yeah. to college, or get a .edu exactly. uh, email. It has its benefits. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're some of my favorite people. Folks. Reach out. They took time out of their busy ass day uh, to put pants on. They put pants on and come in. And uh, I guess you just have to take my word for it that they have pants on right now. We're going to take a picture here at the end, but I'm trustworthy. He, they, they both have pants on. So unfortunately, but remember the, uh, mo- remember the, remember the movie Casino where he doesn't oh have his pants yes, on. Yes, he does it. Yeah, I do. 
You, hey, Light we should holes. do that next time. Right? Don't. <laughs> hold Again. on. Hold on. Let me put my pants on. Then I could do this. No so reach out to him. Dave Roberts, David at SPPartners.org, 734-671-5767. That's going to be in the show notes too. So you don't have to write this down if you don't want to. And Tara Roberts, 313-408-0151. Tara, T-A-R-A at SPPartners.org. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And folks, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, first of all, reach out to the guests. If there's something you can do together, I think that would be awesome. They took time out of their day. If you like the podcast, rate and review on iTunes. It's a little small thing you could do, and you'd be surprised how much that works. The more it's rated and reviewed, the more people that are listening to it, and I would appreciate that. I'd like to grow this podcast. The more you could share this podcast you can hire me. You can refer some people to me. You can send some whole deal, wholesale deals. And more importantly, get out there and do some shit, all right? Get off your fucking ass. Get rid of losers in your life and go do some shit, all right? If you want to attend any of the local meetings, go to renegadetroit.com or meetup.com forward slash investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can send me an email, jeremy at renegadetroit.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess or call text 313-600-2133 shout out to joe randall mortgages by joe randall.com two l's mortgages by joe randall.com he bought this amazing podcast table which i love and i appreciate it thank you joe so i throw that in there and as i wrap up this podcast i do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent Cast all that shit off, right? You're capable of so much more. I remember when one of my goals was just to brush my teeth every day. I've been so fucking low. So pick something, stick with it, and do something every day that gets you to your goals. All right. Till the next podcast, till the next meeting, crush it.